We all did it! Give yourselves a nice, big, fat round of applause, despite everything, and, and I do literally mean everything. You made it another 365 times around the sun, and you are once again here to join us in this annual year-end celebration of the best video games that kept us entertained through all of the everything ever. If you don't know how this works, we're gonna be counting down our top 10 games that we played over the past year over these next couple of episodes, and we'll be sprinkling in those gorgeous and delicious listener submitted list as we go. So things are sure to be interesting and I'm sure you'll find more than a few things that you're gonna wanna check out afterward. And again, the only rule for the SMPS end of the year list is that if you played a game that year, you can slap it on that goddamn game of the year list. Year of release doesn't matter. So things can and do get a little wacky around here from time to time, but that's how we like it to my immediate virtual right, popular and perfect and so complete in every way. It's Rhett. Hello. Hey. I am saving my voice because this is going to be a big one. It is. We're going to be here for a grand total of 713 hours and uh, I'm, just, take, yeah. I'm just blowing it all up front. I've got all the energy now, but check back in like four <laughs> hours into episode two. Yeah. Uh, uh, my, my game here is Mighty Number Nine. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready though, so 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 just just that ready check. We do. We're not, we got no yeah, time yeah. for banter. No time for horsing yeah. around. To no my time because go ahead. To my media virtual list. left, he'll be your beef stew boy. It's John Dyer. That's me. I just bought like six new things of beef stew today, and Did mine you? are still two forty-two a can. Mine came down to two thirty-eight. Mm. So got it's a couple back. yesterday. Got a couple yesterday. We are back of... in the beef stew game, baby. So good. Oh, it feels great, John. Oh, I'm please, ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for so much game of the year. How about yourself? This is the year's your check 10, test. Are you ready? Thousand percent. Ten thousand percent ready for game of the year. You are ten. This is the mo literally. <laughs> <laughs> most wonderful time of the year literally, literally. john loves making lists i love oh, making lists it's his most favorite thing in the world i think like it i don't know actually is i don't know if there's anything you enjoy more but we got a monster hell of a list to go over this year there are so many lists to get to and we thank you all up yeah. front for getting them to us uh Rhett, why don't you go ahead and get us started let's let's go ahead and have one of those listener lists uh, as the annual tradition, I like to start with Taylor, who gives the, the shortest list every time. Taylor has the best list, according to Rhett. That's why he takes them. Because she does not put any commentary. Nope. So let's go. The first list from Taylor. Eye of the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Star Wars Squadrons. Mm -hmm. Grand, Grand Theft Auto V. No. Oh. And then I really tried to like Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Taylor. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Taylor. Taylor, of course, is our lovely, uh, uh, our lovely music composer and also co-host of We Like Bad Music Only. So, mm. cool. All right. Well, why don't I keep the ball a rolling with another guest list coming from yet some another one of our friends who who contributes a lot to the podcast in and of itself. This is, uh, comes from our bitch artist. I'm kidding. We love Sayara <laughs> the most. Uh, anybody, look, it's a joke. We love Sayara. It's a joke from way back. 
Uh, we love Sayara, and Sayara has a list. Sayara says, uh, good afternoon. This is Sayara. 2022 was a year that passed quickly somehow, but still felt very slow. I could feel that. We did not play a lot of games to some completion in 2022, but there were a few that I'd like to comment about in no particular order. Kirby and the Forgotten Land was a really spectacular retuning of the Kirby engine. Originally thought to be a Mario Odyssey of the Kirby franchise, but turned out, but turned out that it wasn't, which, good, because not a lot of games do the Rome Explorer thing very well, and somehow I didn't expect Kirby to do so either. But anyway, Mario Odyssey didn't. Exactly, Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> didn't. So, But anyway, it was nice. But there's not been any real bad Kirby game. Any real bad Kirby game has there. Uh, the mobile-esque ones don't count. All right, number two. I started to play a randomizer version of The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, which, for a quick recap, yeah. you play the game, but every item is randomized, but you still meet the end goal of beating Ganon. Well, it's randomness makes it really complicated or frustrating, uh, but there were never, but there are, ne but they're never impossible to beat. Essentially, it's like a crossword puzzle using a Super Nintendo. While it has some bumpy beginnings, I find doing a random run for uh, to be a nice way to settle in for the night. Games were not a major aspect of my 2022, but games nonetheless still are a part of it. As is this community, to which I'm always grateful to be a part of. Thanks, Sayara. Well, wasn't that lovely, Sayara? Like, like that, right? Yeah, everybody I know that plays the, the Legend of Zelda Randomizer seems to just be having like the best time with it. Uh -huh. I, I just don't know that game well enough to feel like I can yeah, do competently in it. That's what I'm scared of. It's like I haven't played that since '93 yeah. or whatever it came out. Yeah, I play. I've played it <laughs> twice in my life, all the way through. Oh man, that was. I had it. I had. I probably played Link to the Past probably ten times as a kid, but I haven't touched it in ten years. I really oh, want yeah. to just do a flat revisit and then mm -hmm. maybe try the randomizer stuff. I could probably pull off a Chrono Trigger randomizer. So, what would that even be? Don't know. I know it exists. Um, oh, does it? Oh, yeah. You, you start. You start with the epoch. So. You just go like the whole world is just open to you. Go do shit. So it sounds fun. Weird. Cool. All right. Well, hey, what do you say? We just tear into it. It's time. It's time for us to start digging into our games of the year as well. So, John, why don't you go ahead and hit us with a spicy number 10? OK, so. I don't want to give people the wrong idea starting off with my number 10 because at the end of last year, I realized I had played a full like dozen long RPGs. Mm -hmm. um, so like, and I told everyone like coming off of that, like I'm not going to play as many RPGs this coming year. Yeah. So number 10 is an RPG. <laughs> I think it makes sense coming off of a year, a very long, a year, very long RPGs to that. This is one of my favorites. So this will be one of the few RPGs I actually get onto the list this year. Oh. Um, and that's Franken. Oh. So this is an HIO release. It's a kind of for the, it's a, like a one hour punchy, funny RPG with very deliberately very light and funny combat. This is a, it's a very good comedy game. Mm -hmm. Um, that pulls a lot from like, for again, for the, for, for the frog, the bell tolls and final fantasy four. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like this. I was just very delighted and surprised it's, by this one. Yeah, this game from start to finish is just, it's nothing but a delight. I played it on stream, uh, and I was just sitting there smiling the whole time. And not just because my model smiles. Uh, I was just, I had a grin on my face the whole time. 
Yeah, it, it's just the way it explodes in the back half is very. Oh delightful. my god! It's a, and like it uses like an ancient RPG making engine called ORPGCE. Uh, yes, which I used in like 1998. Oh my yes. god. <laughs> But it's been updated, obviously, like, and, and mm-hmm. the, the effects being used in, in this modern version are much more advanced than anything that I could do with it in 98, 2000 mm-hmm. or so. It's, it's like that, that one and the Wolf RPG editor are just like, oh, this is, these are the forgotten, really cool RPG maker, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> the hip RPG maker Yeah, they're tools. chunky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just fucking love this game. It's free. Um, it's at splendidland.itch.io. Um, give it a play. It's like less than an hour long, and this is one of my favorite freeware releases of the year. Mm. So next is uh, so, with L- R- Lumpish's list. Oh, it's a yeah, lumpy so we're doing boy. Things it's my lumpy boy. We decided to do things a little different this year and just like jump it back and forth between like our lists and the listener submitted lists. Keeps things a little more fresh. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes reading like three or four of those in a row was. It's rough. Much. It's rough. Because there were 34 submissions this year. And if you look at our list <laughs> with, with 10 each, that's 30. So there's more <laughs> listener lists than there are submitted ones. Yeah. So this one comes in from Lumpfish. It's another it's another very short one. Almost oh, Taylor-esque. <laughs> I, I know that usually when you give yourself a list, they're probably the really <laughs> short ones. But I, I, I like that. Then that's fine because you're the one that puts all this shit together. I cheesed it pretty hard this year. I owe Vamp Survivors. Silly little game with a lot of silly mm. billets and visual serotonin. Final Fantasy VI. Played it earlier this year. Favorite of the Pixel ones. Nice. Story got real good and combat was fun. Fortnite. That's a game. Uh, Fortnite. And ah. then emoji default dances. <laughs> That's my friend Lumps. He's very cool. Very, very cool. Good. All right. Is, is all right. That, that all Lumpy had to say? Yep, that's All it. No, no, right. Polly's number 10. Well, I got a number 10. Let's jump right into it. Uh, let me know if you've heard of this one before. It's a delightful little comedy RPG uh, that runs about an hour long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? It gets a little crazy in the back end. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's got some for, for Whom the Frog the Bell Tolls energy as well as Final Fantasy IV. Uh, my number 10 is Franken. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like this game's just a delight. This this game is fantastic. Um um I like this game to me, um I feel like uh the thing that I took away from it that I liked a lot was like I feel like it has a lot of Project Echo type energy where mm. there's references to shit everywhere with like the music or or like things people say, but you're not required to like be in on the joke for the jokes to land. And I think that like being able to do that kind of referential humor is a gift because you're still keeping everybody in on the joke. Um, so this game just remains funny if you know the references or not. Just This game's just incredibly smart and well put together. Uh, the charm, absolutely undeniable. Also, some of the best character names of the year, by the way. <laughs> I, the I name, think my, the, my favorite character may be named Splaunch, I think. Something like that. Just great character names all around. If you're looking for names for your next MMO uh, adventure, just go check out some of the names in Franken. 
the music curation really is oh, so on God, point. It's so like it, it gave me uh, vibes of Rhett's uh, earlier Flash games, uh, yes. where he would like curate you know, curate music from games and anime that he liked. Uh, and this does oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. does that same thing where it's just cribbing. Hey, I like this music a lot. It's in my video game. Um, and, the and, pure flash energy. Yeah, it, this this game really does have a lot of flash energy. I think you would it enjoy may, it. Maybe, it maybe sounds like I may need to check this out for real. Yeah, this oh, game's oh, yeah. fun. It's so good. I, I played it and I told Polly like because I thought about Polly Dungeon playing. I was just yeah. like, this is so our sense of humor, yeah. <laughs> like taking a silly idea, just going all out with it. Yeah, um, yeah. it's so choice. Yeah, this is great, great little game. Absolutely play Franken. Get that on your list of games to play, like, right now. Just go download that shit. So that being my number 10, John, I do believe you've got a guest list. I sure do. Boy, I really should have had this pulled up already. All right, yeah, probably we should have. <laughs> We're going to get into the rhythm of it. It's fine. All right, this one comes from Luke. Um, here's my picks for 2020. Hello, SoxCast. Here's my picks for 2022 Game of the Year. It was really difficult to narrow this down to three games, but here we go. Tunic by Tunic Team. You're a cute little fox and a tilt-shifted Zelda adventure was all I needed to sell me on Tunic. But it's so much more than that. The game is absolutely stuffed to the brim with secrets and puzzles and secret puzzles, and it was a joy to uncover every last clue hidden in its lovingly detailed in-game manual as I fell deep into the rabbit hole. Stay, question mark, by E. Jade Lomax, a staggeringly good work of interactive fiction about being stuck in a decades-long time loop in a fantasy setting on the brink of war. Explore all the different paths your life might take and try to save the world while you're at it. Seriously, this game was so cool. There's so many different things to see and do. There's often multiple ways to solve a problem or come by a critical piece of information, and the writing was fantastic across the board. I'm writing this one down because that already sounds like my shit. That sounds so good. Yeah, that's that's the Sox cast trope of always is time loops. Time loops um, and tragedy. Stuck in a time loop. Yes. Um, wonder, might see this one more. Butterfly Soup 2 by Brianna Lay. Um, I've been eagerly waiting for more of these baseball-playing gay disaster Asian-American <laughs> teens ever since this visual novel sequel was announced, and it did not disappoint. It's a game with a lot of serious subjects on its mind, racism, homophobia, navigating rocky relationships with immigrant parents, and exploring your own gender, sexuality, or cultural heritage. But for all that, it's mostly just extremely sweet and incredibly funny. There are pranks, there are memes, there are baseball hijinks that rival that one episode of Assassination Classroom. And of course, there's that goddamn recorder cover of My Heart Will Go On Again, which never fails to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a delight. All right, I'm going to slam through these. Honorable mentions, Noise Starlight. Weird spelling. Imposter Factory, Patrick's Parabox. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Rogue Legacy 2, I, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, Last Call BBS, Galatea, Omori, Immortal, Immortality, Taiji, Unsighted, Sable, Beacon (laughs) Finds, The Norwood Suite, The Forgotten City, Frog Detective 3, Corruption of Cowboy County, Norco, and Soundless, A Modern Salem in a Remote Area, Final Verse. Thank you, Luke. Great list. The honorable mentions is like more games than I played this year. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) All right. Well then, Red. It sounds like we're already moving on to your number 10. Look at it. We're tearing through this like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of games I played this year, I uh 
at first I was like, hmm, didn't play that many games this year. And then I made my top 10 and was like, played a lot of games this year mm-hmm. <laughs> in spite of everything. Um, this year I was really kind of focusing on specific genres that I love. And it felt like I was really kind of drilling towards this one perfect ideal video game. Mm. <laughs> so that's the kind of the theme of my list is like games that got as going towards that like ideal perfection video game. Okay. Like the ideal. That sounds I, interesting. Because so when I finished this game in the last dungeon, I was like, hmm, sure have seen this style of thing a lot this year. <laughs> sure have played a lot of games that had a climax similar to this one. Okay. But anyways, my my number 10 is Tales of Berseria. Nice! The, awesome. uh, the first Tales of game I've played since Symphonia. Nice! I So this is number 10 because I was kind of at odds with it for a lot of the runtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also do have some knives for the games on my list as well. <laughs> Um, the combat, like I was hot and cold on it. Sometimes I was like, oh, this is fine. And then sometimes it was like, I am so exhausted by this. I'm just going to spam meteor with Maggie Lou for a while. (laughs) I did come to really like playing as Eleanor towards the end. Like her combos just had such a fun flow to them Mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, I I can shelve Maggie Lou for a bit. Like I used her Eleanor on the last boss just because it made it scarier because it was harder. Mm -hmm to be like actually play a frontline character instead of just running around hiding. Mm. Um, but what I really liked about this game was the story and the characters, oh, yeah. like the character dialogue is so good. Like it's, all the skits. It's the most I've ever felt a cast in this series. They just, it, it's found family in a way that yeah. just, it feels very natural. Like they, and it doesn't happen immediately. They all gradually come mm. together. It feels so warm and genuine. Yeah, especially with the character Lafayette. Oh yeah, Lafayette. Yeah, really starts like from zero, basically, yeah. and then kind of like has like this big sis relationship with the three girls in the party, and then the big brother's relationship with the two guys. Like you really feel those relationships, especially grow over the course of the game, and then yep. Velvet and Maggie Lou, and then Velvet Ooh, and Eleanor. Like, there's so the much tension good. and like the rivalry between all of them is so great. God, their their banter is so good. Yeah, Maggie Lou in general is oh, just God. such a good character. Yeah, like they. I don't know that the, that the Tales team will ever write a better character than Maggie Lou. <laughs> I did have a little reservations with the very ending. Mm, like, yeah, it's like I... there's parts there's parts of the ending I like. Mm-hmm. There were parts of it I was like. Well, it had to go that way. Yeah. And then there was one thing where it's like, oh, this is a prequel, huh? <laughs> Which is like, I... prequels are always kind of... <laughs> and it's a prequel to a bad Tales of That's game. That's the worst part is seeing like, oh, it's a prequel to a game that takes place a thousand years later and also people don't like and call it like, <laughs> not even like not like, but like, this is the worst Tales game. Yeah. Which is like... And, it, oh, and also okay. like a large chunk of the story was excised to make it DLC. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, Zestiria yeah. is is pretty reviled. So the fact that this one kind of takes a swerve in like the last thirty seconds, yeah, it's a little strange. It's a little off-putting, sure, but I think that it yeah. more than still nails that land. Yeah, and Velvet is a great character. She's just so god, she's so good. mad. She's, she's so, so goddamn mad. <laughs> I love a woman that is mad and that could could and would kill me. God, she is the best. Yeah. 
So that's my number 10, Tales of Berseria. That's awesome. a strong number 10. All right. This list was nuts by the time I was done. I'm <laughs> if, I'm so excited to see where your list goes. Knowing kind of like, it's like, okay, I think I know what kind of theme you're going for here. Ideal video game. I'm, I'm so eager yeah. to see where we land. God, I feel All like right. I know exactly what you mean by that, too. I'm just like, oh, yeah, the, the, the red is ideal. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, the Simple Gear video. The video oh my games. God! It's gonna come back to Simple Gear. I knew it. All right. So up next, we've got a listener list in audio form. This one comes in from good pal of the show, and hey, he worked with us on a very on a couple very cool video games. Carmichael McCallis. Uh, so I'm going to need you all to get ready to boot on up to that. And we're going to go in a three, a two, a one, a go. Man, fuck 2022. <coughs> Carmichael McCallis here with my top games of 2022. Honorable mentions go to Satisfactory and Final Fantasy XIV, which would be on this list, but there's little point in the list that never changes. Special mention to Return of the Oberdin, Linda's Inception, and Such Art, which I'd tell you more about, but I'm trying to somewhat obey the whole we only have a finite amount of time in existence and other people may want to turn thing. Anyway, number three, Darkside Detective, a point-and-click series where you follow Detective McQueen investigating the strange happenings in Twin Lakes. I watched Polly Plate and picked it up while it was on sale. Highly recommend. Number two, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Minecraft-style building with Toriyama graphics and art. I put a little over 120 hours into this, and 30 of those were after I beat the game. It's genuinely fun, with a nice story attached to it as well. Malroth reminds me of Vegeta, if Vegeta understood what a friend was beyond a textbook definition. Number one, Vampire Survivors. Mm. Not gonna lie, 75 hours for a $3 game is a price that's tough to beat. This game seems to have started a new genre. Don't ask me what that genre is, because I'm terrible with that shit, but thanks to it. <laughs> We also have 20 Minutes Till Dawn, Hollow Cure, Toho Library Survivors, and more, and I've had a lot of fun with all of them. Uh, Vampire Survivors was kind of what started it, though. Anyway, that's it for my <clears throat> top three. So, fuck this year, take care of yourselves, eat the rich, or if your health doesn't allow it, maybe mulch the rich instead. <laughs> and may we do more than simply survive next year. Thanks so much, Carmi. Thank you, Carmi. What an absolute... <laughs> yeah, Vampire Survivors is like I one of the stories of the year, isn't it? Like, that's just one of the... Oh, yeah, it's fucking... Yeah. That thing happened. Jesus. It really just came out of nowhere and yeah. just blew up. Yeah, streamers, I think, are, are kind of owed... A, 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 a lot of the a lot of the success for that game because they picked that shit up hard and got it out and just yeah I think streamers kind of really helped there I know that like I, in, in our yeah. uh, in our sphere it was definitely VTubers that picked it yeah. up I mean even I streamed it like five times I remember the first time I saw a stream of it, it in like ten minutes I went from what the fuck is this it looks like trash to I need I'm this. buying it yep. to I'm buying it yep. <laughs> and like playing it that night. I think I like I think I played it on your account for, yeah. for ten minutes and then I yeah. just immediately went and bought my own copy because oh god fact, this is this is a fucking gameplay loop, isn't it? The fact that it was so cheap obviously really yeah, helped. Definitely helps. Alright. Thank you, Carmi. The yeah. story in um Dragon Quest Builders 2 sounds great because that's the one that begins with the alternate ending of yeah. DQ one from yeah. the side of the villain. <laughs> Yeah, that actually seems really dope. 
All right. Well, we are going to continue moving on with John. You got a number nine? All right. So I know I said I was going to play a lot fewer RPGs in 2022. (laughs) Uh Um, I love the trends. And I did. (laughs) They still get a little bit of rep, but again, like a lot of shorter ones. Um, Like this is this one is a short, short, a lot shorter than like the like Tales of Berseria or whatnot. Um, and it's very punchy and it really, I just played blasted through it in less than a week and I had so much fun with it and y'all might know this one. Mm-hmm. So say it with me. Fantasy. F- fantasy. Fantasy. That's it. It's fantasy. Uh, fa- uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's a bit. John did a bit. John. Okay. First of all, I got to give John some credit. John just did a bit and didn't wreck the show 25 minutes in. I'm going to, John, I'm going to commend you and give you like some kind of honorary award for that. Cause I, you know, you could have, you could have easily fucking took the way you could have took away with this and just gone real awful and mean with it. <laughs> so I'm giving you a reward for, for, for being uh, kind and gentle this time around and, and not destroying the podcast. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We still got eight more entries. <laughs> I was going to say eight more hours. Well, that too. This is fantasy with a PH, but ending with an IE. This is a 1985 DOS game from SSI who would go on to do um, all the like Pool of Radiance and all of those Mm -hmm. um, gold box games. Mm -hmm. Um, This game, it just fucking rules. It's the first 80s CRPG that I made it all the way through. And I just, all I did, I just read the manual and I took notes and then I just finished the whole thing in like 12 to 15 hours. And it was interesting and varied the whole time. Um, the, the mazes aren't first person. They're like these fog of war grids you explore. Um, so the four, so I, I'm interested in like map games. You have to map out like wizardry and whatnot, but mm-hmm. that just made it a lot less intimidating to be like, Hey, we'll map it for you. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, it, it feels it's an RPG that feels paced like sort of a modern indie RPG to me. Hmm. Like I was just there and no next, no grinding, but the, the climax was still pretty hard. Um, just, uh, just like a, a pretty small, but manage a pretty fun to explore, but manageable world map. That's like four by four maps that are big and have lots of cool locations. Um, and then it has like this really creative, it has so, it does so much cool stuff with its language in the dungeons. Um, this is just honestly like one of the most creatively inspiring games I've played this year. Cause it just showed me like, Hey, you can have a very small number of moving parts and make a really cool RPG. And it was inspiring cause it was, it was a CRPG from the eighties. That's as fun as dragon quest. Um, and I've tried Ultima. I've tried a lot of them. Um, and I just get put off cause they're, they have a lot of moving parts They're They expect you to play for 30, 40, 50 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, this just was exactly hit my sensibilities in a good way. It's just a legit fun game. Um, and, and I, and I want to play like the bigger ones and appreciate them, but this, this is one I can easily kind of recommend to other like RPG nerd weirdos. And my friend, my friend group is like, Hey, this is one you can just play. You don't have to. You don't have to know all this other stuff. You can just read the manual and play it, and it's and have a good time. And I think that's really cool. So that's awesome. Start hopefully start of a larger 
relationship with ADC RPGs, but this was a, a really cool one. Awesome. Yeah, I remember this one treating you really well uh, and seeing the screenshots and thinking, I could make a game like <laughs> Yeah, I've had the same thought. I made the grid part. You, yeah, you in did. And, and, in love 2D, and I made so. the, had like a little event system so I could do text boxes and yeah. bran- choice branches. It's really cute. It's like, really it, fun. Like, like, even if I have no interest in playing games sometimes, I love like when a game, like I look at it and go, I bet I could do something with that. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. great thing about 80s games is I could do that now. I can do that with, now. With modern tools. Exactly. Hey, I'm fine with that. Assembly. I'm fine with that. It's honestly a great feeling. It's like, oh shit, yeah, I could. I will make video games for days that are just squares and smiley faces, motherfucker. ZZT was made for me. ZZT was made for me. Oh my god, yeah. This is if you if you like ZZT, like you'll probably vibe with this a lot, I think. Oh. All right. Um Rhett Poncho Smith's list. Okay, this next listener list comes in from Poncho Smith, as John just said. <laughs> Greeting Socks Cast Denizens. I didn't play that many games this year, and I'm not really sure if I was fully in love with the ones that ultimately went with, but I'll give it a shot. So now, a list of games that aren't Hollow Cure. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Needy Girl Overdose slash Needy Streamer Overload. Take your pick. Mm. Given that we're very much planted firmly in the era of online content creators... Streamers and VTubers feeling particularly relevant to the tone of the game. Streaming Girl with Needs game acts as, as something of a mirror to that whole scene. Perhaps a more melodramatic, drug-fueled, anime-flavored depiction of your typical content creator. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they all have feelings too. So be kind and send your favorite streamer a nice D's Nuts super chat <laughs> in the holiday season. Uh, number two, Freedom Planet 2. Ooh. After a long eight-year wait, the sequel to 2014's love letter to 90s blast-processed platforming finally dropped and it went completely under the radar. Yeah! Many of the, ma- many of the major gaming sites haven't even bothered to review it yet. A real shame, too, since this is a solid game from top to bottom. It feels as if every last concept, every last idea the devs had for this game was miraculously squeezed in somehow. It's a longer, more bombastic game. Not everything hit the marks, but it's a more than worthy successor to the original. Number one, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Let's just get this out of the way. Is it as good as Superstar? Well, it doesn't quite get there for me, but it's still probably the best you could hope for from a 3D Kirby game. It's the happiest game to ever take place in a post-apocalyptic setting. And of course, the pink boy is a car, among other things. (laughs) It's the Super Mario 3D World blueprint with a generous bucket of Kirby paint slapped onto it. It's Kirby. Everybody loves Kirby. It is literally impossible for anyone to be mad at Kirby for any reason. Kirby, 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 Kirby. I swear, if I, if I, I'm very glad this turned out to be Mario 3D World Kirby and not Mario Odyssey Kirby. Yeah, mm. I was like, oh yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I bought this game, but I've not gotten into it yet. Um, I forgot cool. this came out, and I was like, yeah, I, I want to play it, but not, you know, Nintendo sixty bucks to play it. I got it like <laughs> at a, I think it was like thirty bucks off. Um, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. Mouthful mode. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, All what's your number nine? Right, I've got a number nine here. Um, I streamed this earlier this year with my good pal Sayara. Uh, my number nine is Behind the Frame, The Finest Scenery. Um, this is a little narrative-focused sort of... It's sort of a point-and-clicky adventure, kind of exploring yeah. game. It's got some 
very mild puzzle elements that that the story is just like it's about this this artist girl and um mm-hmm. the things that she's going through in her day to day and she's got this fascination with this old guy that lives in the apartment building next to her like their windows are like right next to each other you know so and 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 like throughout the course of each day like weird things just start happening in her apartment and and you have to explore her room and and solve all these little puzzles and these unlock like different paint colors for you to use so like you go over to her easel and you start painting you know a picture or like you look around the room and there's like weird like there's a painting that's on the wall that's unfinished what's up with that so you like go and you start painting it in with color and and you start to see that like all of these things that you're painting they're starting to tell a very linear story of sight of like somebody's life and something that's happened um and just the, like i don't want to say much more because it's a game that yeah. kind of this is a game that lives and dies by its reveal um but 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 like i gotta give like top marks for like not only the paintings the paintings are gorgeous but like this game's presentation just top to bottom is just wild um like like the 3D represent like like there are parts where you go into the paintings but they're th- 3D representations of the paintings but they still look like paintings oh, cool. it it doesn't look like weird out of place 3D models like you look around and you still looks like you're looking at like the painting's 2D image but it's 3D it's a very interesting um art style that they've managed to pull together on top of that like just like the, the environmental design like her apartment feels really lived in and not like a stock asset or something like all these little details are just poured over uh and it feels like just a living breathing world and that you're inhabiting in just this little space uh mm-hmm. just a gorgeous little story and it's just amazing like how much they were able to pull off with such a small scope um like this is a game that is art for art's sake it's it's just a beautiful artistic expression like top to bottom like i love this game to pieces very much an art game in every sense in every sense you literally paint pictures (laughs) yeah did you play the second campaign that they added on not played that yet but i think like maybe during the break i'm gonna see if i can wrangle sayara in and then we'll try to stream that too oh that makes sense to do yeah yeah was it good did you like it yeah, it was good. I mean, I didn't love it. The main campaign, I cried a little oh, bit yeah, at the I, end. I, I cried at the end. It's really, really good. <laughs> the The second one was a kind of a fitting capstone to the whole thing. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like this game a lot. So going back and like getting some kind of like, oh, like, you know, a little bit like it's kind of like going yeah. and watching El Camino after Breaking Bad. Like El Camino is not yeah. as good as Breaking Bad, but it's a good capper. Yeah, cool. The second thing's still only like an hour long. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I have it on my game. phone, so I can play it whenever I want. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, behind the frame. That's why I play games. Behind the frame, the finest scenery. That is my number. So with that, John, I do believe you have another guest list for us. Too. Sure thing. All right, what you got? <clears throat> oh my god, I ate too many blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> Good number problem. To have. Na- <laughs> yep. Wait, who's it from? Uh, this is number. This is the list from June Flower. Thank you, June. Um, number one, Signalis. 
Likely the game that impressed me the most this year, a beautifully bleak industrio industrialo brutalist world industrial brutalist world rendered with incredible tactile detail and artfulness and a very strong story of fucked up mind melt space romance that got to me much more than i expected on my list might, i'm i'm definitely yeah, picking this, this game up. uh some might call the gameplay too derivative of the classics but i think it's mostly in service to the story and the world and that's a resounding success being derivative to resident evil is like a good thing that's pro- that's fine <laughs> yeah yeah i watched poncho stream a little bit of it because i didn't want to spoil it and he's like oh yeah this has definitely got them vibes i want it's good it's good <laughs> Cool. Um, two, Safani, Analgesic Productions, a game that blew me away, a deeply thought out story about identity, technology, and nature simmering under a gorgeous platformer. The idea of collecting information on different creatures by finding them and interacting with them is something I want to explore as well. Bonus points for having some of the wonderfully realized bits of open-ended free roaming platforming, something that's pretty rare today. I really want to, I, I own this one. I'm excited to get to it. Um, three, Caves of Cud, Quud. Cud. Cud? I'm sure. Cud? Q-U-D. Yeah, I don't Q-U-D. know how you say that. I think it's Cud. Caves of Cud. Freehold Games. The great roguelike epic itself. I was enthralled by how well-realized and imaginative of a world this was. Everything is, everything is dripping with history and detail. I'm very impressed by the minimalist art as well. It can face the strangeness of these places perfectly. Got to give it to any game that manages to make me care this much, despite being about staring at numbers and inventory screens most of the time. Honorable mention, Breath of Fire 2 for saving me from dying of boredom in a shitty psychiatry ward. Good RPG. Thank God I could turn off random encounters. <laughs> Drainus, a pretty cool shmup by Team Ladybug. Thanks for reading my list and rock on, Socks Pals. Thanks for sending in a list, June. Much appreciated. All right. Next one. Yes. Oh, my Rit. God. I literally, because of the kind of the rotation now, I forgot that, oh, I have stuff to read about, too, and talk about. Yeah, yep. you, you, you have to talk about things now. We're getting, uh, we're getting to the rhythm of it. It's new. We're, we're getting yeah. into it. It's all about freshening things up here at the SoxCast. Yeah. Get a little stagnant after nearly a decade. After eight years. I think I'm like, year eight, we're finally changing <laughs> some shit up. Yeah, just crack those bones. Okay, let's get into it. Uh I had a real hard time ordering my list, Aww. especially like no, not in like an awe, so pitiful way. But it was just like, man, I really like all of these. Right, they're all my precious babies. Yeah, good time to have good problem to have. Absolutely. So it was like there were things I wanted to put higher, but it's like putting higher at the expense of putting something down. So just, just a, like, yeah, eh, don't you yeah, hate that it, feeling? No, they're all number five in my heart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like this next string of games was just. A hair margin, basically. Uh, my number nine. My number nine. Mm-hmm. My number nine is number a nine 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 reference. It's <laughs> Insomnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Woo! I thought was... you were going for a bit there, and I was right. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't. I was like, "What? What's going on?" I'm just so stupid. I'm That's like, so oh, it's got number nine because it's the 999 guy. Oh, you're so dumb. You're so <laughs> it's dumb. The one... I'm so dumb. I love it. Um, so it's either Simon Files 2. I liked the original more. This is <laughs> the one I kind of have the most knives for. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> I was conflicted by this one. I just didn't think it was as good as the original, even though yeah. it does so much good. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fantastic little game. It's really good. It has some real stuff that I really disagreed with. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, this game has like the greatest twist I've ever fucking seen. Mm -hmm. But then 
so much of it has to be really contrived to make that work. Yeah. Like, crazy <laughs> degrees of it like, are just like, right. well... I respect the gusto, but... Yeah. They really reach to justify that thing that they do. <laughs> but then it's also like, there's stuff that's really reaching in, in service of the big twist, and yeah. then there's stuff that's just... Oh, oh no, God. that's just how it is now. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no actual answer. Like, the way characters will fight off mobs of, like, 20, <laughs> like, security guards easily, and it, that in particular is just not part of a twist. It's just, oh, everyone is, like, superhuman strong Yeah, now. everybody can just, everybody's a fucking ninja, basically. So there's just, the, the action cutscenes were so weird. They're so fun! They're so dumb. <laughs> They're so dumb, but it's, like, the way, like... What is it? How is it pronounced? Like Nyklots or whatever? Nyset Laws. Yeah, like the secret organization that was referenced in the first <laughs> game and didn't actually exist. Oh, it just exists now. It just exists now. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Like, and you keep thinking, is are they fucking with me? And like the way some things do end up playing into the big twist, and then some things are just no. That's how it is. No, that's just a thing. Yeah, that's just how it is. It's like Uchikoshi but, is very good yeah. at hiding things in plain sight. Yeah, I really like the last Somnium. Oh God, it's so good. That's such a good high. And then everything after that was maybe not as good. Mm. The way there's like two endings. So yeah. both are a little bittersweet and like not perfect. Yeah. But the presentation is so goddamn good. And I'm going to swing back to that later on another game on my list. The presentation of this as, you know, an adventure game is yeah. just pretty much they top really, in class honestly they kicked it up like like the first game was really incredible like it was it made some strides that were really impressive for the genre but i feel like they really knocked it out of the park with this one the somniums the character animation just everything looks and feels so good yeah so yeah that was my number nine it was a game I was maybe a little conflicted on after finishing it, but I still had a good time. I, I was browsing through the, the screenshots of all my games on my list yesterday, mm-hmm. and like each of them has like 500, so it was like, oh, oh I like this yeah. oh, I like this part, but it's like you go through th- literally thousands of screenshots and just come out <laughs> exhausted by the end, like, yeah. I don't know which I liked in my heart more. <laughs> <laughs> Again, also, also similar. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Again, just a solid. Basically, this ended up here because of the fucking nine 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 joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man, you always, always for the bit, man. You sacrifice for the bit. Pretty much. So. Uh, All right. Holly. Got a, got another, got another listener list here. This one comes in from our good pal Tingu Gemini. No intro or anything. We're just jumping right into it. Number three is Atari Fifty. I do not have much personal history with Atari games, so at first I thought this was going to just be a collection of games I generally didn't care much about. To a large extent, that is true, but the reason that makes my Game of the Year list is the fact that it is basically an interactive museum with some great interviews and information and artwork. There are unreleased games playable here for the first time, and there are new games created specifically for this collection, like the Final Sword Quest game, uh, Wind World. The folks at Digital Eclipse went above and beyond to make this collection have value in a world where you can just easily emulate almost all of these games for free. That's really important with these kinds of collections, I feel. 
Uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot about the TMNT collection that came out this mm-hmm. year. It's just like, yeah, yes. I could just I could just emulate those games, but there's like literal like gameplay design docs. Uh, getting your hands on that kind of shit makes these things. So yeah, Atari Fifty's on my list of things to pick up. Yeah, it actually like sounds pretty cool. Collection. Mm-hmm. The whole like interactive timeline that you can go through. Yep, just super super smart. And no. there's Jaguar games in it. And there's Jaguar games. Yes. All right, number two. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Pokemon can directly attack you, attack you, the trainer, and this rules. The wide open areas and general freedom of exploration feel amazing in this game, and it has an enormous amount of design and quality of life improvements over the core Pokemon RPGs. The only real drawback to this game is the complete lack of ability to battle other players, but I feel comfortable stating that this is the best feeling Pokemon RPG there has ever been, and it would be nice if most of the improvements were carried forward into future entries, a lot of which are not in Generation 9, which just released and feel like they were just rushed to release before the end of the year. Oofa doofa. Oh yeah, definitely. Everybody, I know, that, everybody I know that played Arceus loved it. Like, that is just, like, across the board, everybody I know that played Arceus liked it. Yeah. It's just wild that there were two mainline, I guess this isn't mainline, but basically a Pokemon RPG, you know? Yeah, yeah. In the same year. This was January, I think. Yeah, yeah. Pretty early. And uh, here's another familiar face. I think we're going to be seeing this one a lot. I didn't didn't realize this was coming up so often. Another one, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Oh, man. He's shaped, like a, he's shaped like a friend and can horribly stretch his body around large objects like cars now, like he's some kind of monstrous flesh song. <laughs> this is absolutely one of the best Kirby games, and I'm amazed how naturally this series transitions to 3D movement. Kirby has a dodge roll now and can counterattack enemies that he dodges through the attacks of, and it almost feels like a super stripped-down character action game during the boss fights. So oh, that's, dope. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, I remember playing the demo and got that impression. Like, oh, this, there's some chunk here. Interesting. So that is Tengu Gemini's list. And that is, wow, it's damn meaty little list there. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. Kirby coming up again. So it's been a lot there for a while already. So uh, Tengu Gemini, thank you for your list. John, I'm going to wake you up over there. You can keep talking about RPGs if you want. Give us uh, a number eight. Okay, so, so I, I know I said last year I want to play fewer RPGs in twenty twenty two, and I did. Um, they still get a little bit of rep on this list, mm-hmm. uh, mostly shorter RPGs. So, mm-hmm. like my number eight um, is a shorter RPG I really, really loved, and it's Chorus Piercing of Dark Moon Tower. Hey, oh. nice. Also, also the Arrogay rep. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Um, this is my favorite Tom game. It's really good. I, I, I really liked it. It's just he he just made a whole ass ease like yeah. three like it's ease three in Game Maker, which fucking rules. And it's I I did not I sat down with this and I did not expect it to be like a two sitting like three or four hour adventure. Um, and then it just is. It just goes like the. The way that it it gets like that Falcom energy, I guess, is, yeah, the, is like, the easiest way he, to say it. He really harnessed Falcom's East, like like early East energy with that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the the smut is fun. The sense of humor is fun. 
the general vibe is chorus is great. Everybody love everybody loves chorus. Of course. I think, yes. we, I think we can all agree. Throw Kirby in the trash. Everybody loves chorus. Yeah. Everybody fucking loves chorus. Um the the other the other um chorus entry this year was um chorus um Lost Sp- Princess in the Spring of Rebirth, and that one was really cute too. Mm-hmm. Um it was an RPG maker one that again was like a three, four hour adventure that was really meaty and fun. How are people out um, here just casually making three to four hour games? Like I struggled crazy. Like, I struggle for like two weeks to make a game and it's like ten minutes. Like fuck Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Um yeah, Tom this and this is like all original art. It's just knocks it out of the park and it's one of the most inspiring freeware games I've played this year. Because like every RPG maker dev I also I would love to make some smut someday, and mm-hmm. this is just like going for it and making a kind of game I've always loved, which is like the peril platformer yeah. with unique game overs, <laughs> and then just doing it himself on yeah. his own. Yeah, yeah, he it's just nuts. did the whole thing on his own. So. It's so fucking nuts, and I one hundred percented it on my first playthrough. Wow, I, I know these games. All right, that's my number eight. All right, well, why don't we keep that train a-moving with an audio list from our good pal, Jessica. Always always love these audio lists because I don't got to do anything but press play button. So, Are you ready for some production values? I've heard, like, I didn't listen to this. I like, this I, one up. I just normalized this one and then put it in the players. Like, we're going to go. So this is my first time hearing it. So, uh, Jessica... Oh Jessica's apparently going to impress us with some production quality. I think, hey, I think this might start with a joke at my expense. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's do three, (laughs) two, one, play. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Production quality! Ooh, ooh, something's stuck in my throat. Oh my fuck. Sorry about that. Greetings, Polly, John, and Rhett. It's your old pal Jessica here for this year's Game of the Year lists. This is going to be a little different than normal, so I'm foregoing the honorable mention. So let's get right into it. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Shredder's Revenge! Oh! Ninja Turtle fans have been eating well this year. Between reissues of the 80s toy line, the Cowabunga collection, and Shredder's Revenge, a loving tribute to Konami's classic beat-em-up. Between its gorgeous pixel art, banging soundtrack, and tight gameplay, the only real issue with the game is that it can drag a bit in a single sitting. But it feels so good to trash foot soldiers, I can't help but keep coming back to it. Wow! It was initially announced Bayonetta 3 was finally released this year, and it was well worth the wait. This game is a non-stop rollercoaster of action set pieces and top-notch combat. It features a plethora of new weapons and demons that you can now summon at any time, as well as a new character, Viola, who adds variety to the combat with her parry mechanics. The story is filled with nods and references that almost make me feel like the game was tailor-made for me. All in all, I thought the game was great, and it earned the spot on this list. Also, P.S. Hideki Kamiya can eat a dick, though. (laughs) 
For reasons I can't recall, I decided to take something of a sonic pilgrimage this year, playing nearly every title in the series. I found new favorites, found appreciation for games I used to not care for, and played some mediocre trash like Sonic Blast. <laughs> the final stop on the Sonic train was this year's Sonic Frontiers. The game goes for an open zone sandbox approach to its worlds, encouraging exploration to find levels and collectibles on the map. Running across huge landscapes with Sonic feels so fun and natural. I spent a lot of time finding challenges to uncover on the map. The game's major sections are bookended with amazing supersonic boss battles, set to some of the most banger songs in a franchise that is full of them. And of course, the story is some of the best material we've gotten since Unleashed, finally doing away with the quippy dialogue and giving us a story with stakes and nice character moments. The game isn't perfect, Sonic's open zone control scheme doesn't really lend itself to the cyberspace levels, but I found that I had such a good time that I could easily overlook the flaws and name Sonic Frontiers my game of the year for 2022. Wow, that was yeah. holy shit! That's <laughs> one of just... I think that's one of the most. That's got to be the the most incredible list anybody's ever sent. That's like that's <clears throat> each fucking eat your heart out. Like yeah. Polygon and Kotaku. Jesus. Y'all couldn't make lists like that if you tried. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was solid. That was ruled. Yeah. That was amazing. Nice. Just like, oh, this shows up everybody, including us. Yeah, like we literally <laughs> just like fuck us. Show's over, folks. And Polly, you said that was edited on a phone. That I don't think Jessica has a computer. To my knowledge, she does not. Fucking nuts. So that is an incredible piece of work to have done on a phone if that is indeed how it was put together i don't know the specifics maybe yes. i'll ask her later yeah. but yeah like that. either way even on a oh. pc bravo yeah that's oh solid. god i mixed i mixed it up with i mixed i mixed jess up with like don though the person who does the hello soft cast and john no 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 oh, very different <laughs> no jessica is a duck as, as indicated <laughs> yeah by the fucking opening <laughs> that was so good what a list thank you very much jessica very very much that was that was cool as shit all right well i don't know how the fuck i follow that up but i guess i kind of <laughs> have to i guess i have no choice um I'll, I'll give it i'll give it the old college try though uh my number eight uh is a game that uh i i played a demo for and then waited an entire year for uh, and I, and you also cannot trust my opinions on it because I helped kickstart it. Um, number eight is Corpse Factory. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm playing this very soon. Yeah, Corpse Factory is, 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 it, this is a game that, that just time and time again from, from the moment I started playing like the demo, um, a year before I played it till like the, the, till the final ending had finished. Uh, this game managed to like bob and weave my expectations in ways that I hadn't even considered just consistently. Um, I came into this thing just kind of like expecting uh, a fun little play on the Hell Girl anime because both are about uh, you know, a website that you can go to, enter somebody's name, and, and they'll die. Um, and what I got instead was that just like... This is like a schlocky B-movie drama about a girl <laughs> who can deep fake death pictures and 
they're so good that people receive them and they want to kill themselves because they think they're really <laughs> going to die. And see, that just, like, I expected something crazy, wild, and stupid supernatural coming into this thing. And, and, and what I got was just this really subdued and, like, unsettling and weird and quiet and, 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 and but it's also just weirdly melodramatic and over the top. Um, the consistent, like, high point is just the characters and the dialogue. The characters are so fascinating in the ways that they communicate with one another and the ways that they think. Um, because they're all just really fucking broken people that are just... Mm -hmm. you, you put all these broken people together and you smash them against one another and you see what kind of... What kind of bullshit you can get into, um... And that's what happens. Uh, another thing that I really liked about this game is that it explores mental illness in a very serious manner. Um, it, it, it portrays a lot of various uh, mental illnesses that are well-researched because the guy that wrote it actually has a background in psychology. Um, so, oh, cool. um, and, and, and it never points the finger. Like, it, just because these characters have mental illnesses, it never is used as, like, the reason that they do the things that they do. Um, it's just like, it, it, it's really hard to explain because as a person who has, who deals with some of the issues that are put on display here, it's like, yeah, you presented that accurately. And even though the character that presents this is doing some really bad things, I don't really ever, it doesn't feel accusatory. Um, and, and I really like that because I, I think that like, interestingly like not maybe not really positive nice. but 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 accurate depictions of mental illness is an interesting kind of thing and i don't think you see that a lot uh and that's really one of the things that like just again like this this is a, a vn that like it surprised me in a lot of ways with the way it was written and just the way that it handled the things that it did um like like it, it's contrived in a lot of ways i like very much like 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 rhett mentioned with 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 uh nirvana initiative like yeah it's contrived to get where it's going sometimes but but for me it was just like i don't know like i just kind of it just kind of feels like a schlocky b movie that's really fun to take the ride on um and it was that's all it was like i streamed this one too uh and it was a, a lot of fun to uh uh, go along with and, and drag people along with um, and, and see just how that hit everybody and, and it, yeah, it hit everybody the same way and that it was just like it's just this really wild fucking ride that continued to be a roller coaster and it just kind of like bob and weave where you think it's going to go every time um, and it ends up in a really good place by the end that I liked I, I like the ending a lot I think that it, it says this is a game that says what it needs to say and just gets out it doesn't try to stick around and do too much more um, so cool. yeah. yeah, Corpse Factory, like uh, one of those so games, play this one. had a lot of ex expectations going in, and then and, and it, it dodged those expectations. But what it gave me was still just like, oh, I didn't know that this is exactly what I wanted, even though I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. <laughs> it's good to surprise some people sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a damn a damn solid surprise over having my expectations met. You know, like a good surprise is always a, a good time. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, Corpse Factory, just fantastic. Really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Oh. John, I do believe you've got another listener list for us? I sure do. The next listener list is from Dari. Thank mm. you for writing in, Dari. Um, hey, it's Dari, SCD Dreamer. I'm desperately trying to remember what I played this year because time and memory is fleeting. 
<laughs> mood. Ain't that the Mini, truth? Yeah. Mini motorways, real nice casual game of building terif- uh, traffic infrastructure for cars to zoom around on. It's satisfying to see those cars zoom around when I'm not screaming because I got game over from pileups from bad urban planning. <laughs> Lisa, the pointless scholar of the Wilbur Sin. It's not every day you play a fan game of a fan game. If this took out all the original Lisa stuff, this would be a nice standalone story of two guys being dudes, two guys being dudes in a post-apocalypse, trying to find a comfortable and safe place in a world comfortable in a world comfortable with wallowing in garbage and violence. Number three, Disco Elysium. Mm. What can I say that many haven't already said? The greatest pathetic loser man there is. (laughs) Anti-game of the year to cosmic star heroine. Just really kind of mid NGL. No, not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, like, I like that game's <laughs> combat, but the story itself and the dialogue, Aww. because you like Aww. Zaboid games, their strength was the fact that, like, they're very quippy, very funny writing. And that's mm-hmm. what made those Penny Arcade games good. It's what made, like, Cthulhu games really good. And then Cosmic mm-hmm. Star Heroine is too self serious and it doesn't have any levity at all. And it's mm. not good. Like this, like they did. Like the writer, I feel, didn't know how to write serious and it be intriguing. So it doesn't feel. Yeah, I didn't like the writing in Cosmic Star Heroine at all. Uh-huh. Mm. I looked up that Lisa fan game, and it is indeed a fan game of a fan of a game. Fan game. We're just like, okay, cool. It's like this is not associated with the creators of Lisa the Pointless, which itself <laughs> is a fan game. Which <laughs> itself is a fan game, right? That's fucking awesome. <laughs> cool all right oh boy right uh, number eight oh oh my god this is like pulling teeth i love this doing this order this is great listen if somebody this conflicted listen as somebody who has had a lot of teeth pulled in their lifetime i'm gonna tell you something it doesn't hurt (laughs) okay so in september i wrote a top 10 list and Mm -hmm. was pretty happy with it yeah Mm -hmm. Late November, I wrote a top 10 list. It ended up being exactly the same. Mm. Was happy with it. Yeah. And then yesterday, I wrote the final top 10 list. Mm-hmm. Because this game on my list, I finished yesterday. Oh, shit! <laughs> uh, my number eight is The House in Fata Morgana. Woo! <laughs> yeah. It was really... that's This is the actual tooth-pulling part, is like, it's really hard to rank something I finished... Right. Yesterday. Like, what, 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 what role is recency bias playing? It's mm-hmm. like, I am, all, I am prone to recency bias. I am prone to nostalgia for the other stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, I just wasn't sure. This almost slipped a spot lower, but the 999 yeah. joke pushed this Right. Because <laughs> you're a dumbass. But also, I think that ultimately, when I looked inside, it was like, Somnium Files had stuff that I disagreed with. Yeah. House and Forgot. Like, the biggest sin of this thing is that it's kind of slow. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There's that middle, yeah. that mid to late part with the flashback. That's the part I mean, that really dragged for me. For me, it was like the first three arcs. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No, I think that makes total. I, I, I get it. I get it. I sure. feel like it pops off in the back half. Yeah. It was absolutely. really like until like until about halfway, it was like. I just don't see how this is going. What's the overall narrative? And then, it, and then, oh, okay, oh, here we go. Okay. Reclaim <laughs> yourself. Woo! This one, po- this one pops off in a big way. Mm-hmm. You might like, say oh, it. You might. You might. It's VN shit. It's a good, good VN. That shit. Damn good VN shit. This is 
the vis- the visual novel. It is the purest visual novel. Yeah. <laughs> this is a game where there are choices and there are bad endings. They are like seven hours apart at times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, looking at a guide, it's like, oh, chapter five, no choices. Chapter six, oh, you click this one, you get the bad ending. You click this way, you get, you keep going. It's mm-hmm. like, there's so few choices. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it, that it's like, almost kinetic Mm. where it's Mm. just a straight shot uh and like the other thing this game maybe goes a little bit outside the idealized ret aesthetic (laughs) (laughs) in that this game's very sad oh god (laughs) there are there are times when I was playing the house in Fata yeah. Morgana that it got so heavy that I literally had you to just, just like I have to stand up and go away for a couple of days. I can't come back to this right now. Yeah, I definitely know why now. And there's there were times where I was playing it. It was like, well, I have to stop now because you know I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And also, thank God because I can't handle what's happening right now. Yeah, like yeah. just got to mention like a character, you know, Amy. Oh my ever. god, just oh like, that the, the being the, summoned for work in the middle of that was like, oh, oh I'm glad I have to go to work right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's something I need to step away from right the fuck right now. When you said purest visual novel, I thought you meant because it is a succession of characters going through really, really horrible traumas and trying or to Or that as well. Them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 core mm. of visual novels. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, this one is just so much. Basically, the very first year I think we did Game of the Year, I didn't put uh, oh god, The Last of Us on my list right. just because too sad. That's a that's a very sad, unhappy game, and I wanted to put a happy game on my list instead. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Fata Morgana is gonna be on here, obviously, but maybe it's not gonna be like you know number one or whatever because it's just. Mm-hmm. But also a little bit outside. Christ. Fucking lot at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I was a blubbering mess finishing that game. It yeah, it's so goddamn good. There's so is, much. There's it it's so much release. Yeah, it is such a slow, slow. But this thing is so long. <laughs> yeah, this, this is one of those visual novels that. where usually when I play a visual novel, I don't feel the length all that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one where, despite the fact that I love this game to death, uh, I really felt the link. I was like, oh, yeah. you are definitely 40 hours, aren't you? For me, it was like, because I did start this two years ago and drop yeah. off, like, right right at the end of the first arc. Like, right at the end, right before that. <laughs> right before the moment. Pops off. Yeah. But then, like, but then it gets slow for several, several hours. Then that pops off. Yeah. Actually, the second one pops off maybe a little the more consistently. One, yeah, the second one pops off pretty. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty consistent yeah. throughout that. But then there's the third arc, which may be the most frustrating because the guy in that one is just oh my god, stupid thing. He's so stupid. The fucking worst. And you're just like, where is this all going? And then you finally start to piece things together, and boy, does it go. Yeah. Also, music fantastic. Oh Jesus my Christ. god, what a soundtrack. I love it. Like, one of the first things you see when you turn it, hey, we recommend playing this with headphones because the music's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, like I mentioned, how Somnium Files has extremely, extremely lavish productions for yeah. a game that is mostly dialogue. Mm-hmm. 
Fata Morgana is very dry in the presentation. Yeah. Where there's there's definitely more CGs in the back half yeah, than there yeah. are towards the front. The front was definitely like, hmm, not really doing, not a whole lot of character sprites either. I like, like the character sprite style, however. Oh, uh, no, they're great. But the fact that anybody who is just a tangential character does oh, not they get they got nothing. Yeah. There's, there's so many characters that are just man or like person. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then there are named characters that just do not get sprites. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's like the the visual style of this was pretty dry, especially for like 90% of it. Yeah. The text is happening on like the bottom quarter of the screen. Yeah. There's I think. Vi- go ahead. Like there's very few moments where it goes full visual novel and has text on the f- using the entire screen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like. mostly all in a little dialogue box at the bottom and you kind of yeah. just got to deal with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it felt like. To me, it was just like this game was doing, you know, the trauma, the trauma processing, awful, 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 awful things happening to characters, awful, sad backstories, but then handling it with a level of sensitivity and class that you don't see in a lot of other VNs. The level of class like this VN tackles a lot of heavy, heavy subjects, Mm, especially big like the seventh arc towards the end which was just oh certain people are gonna have to yeah. maybe know where this yeah, goes like this thing does deal with sexual assault in a couple of areas and there's a lot of gender stuff in it yeah, um, yeah. A lot of queer, there's a lot of queer theming and here. the way that it handles all of this it feels very very good they actually did a lot of consulting while writing this to make sure they got it right so yeah, yeah, like like despite, but just do know that like before you go in, like it does tackle these issues, and you are going to see some ugly things. It's going mm-hmm. to be unsettling, but the way that it's all handled in the end comes back very, very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I like, <clears throat> go ahead, right? Written in a way that someone like me who does not, you know, have those issues yeah, can yeah. deeply empathize with understanding yeah. mm-hmm. that character's struggle mm-hmm. to be accepted i think that that's something like 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 that character's story i think is very very super super fucking good at explaining that experience and i think that like if you understood that character and you came out the other side with some sympathy or empathy it's just i think Mm -hmm. this is like yeah then you you learned what you were supposed to learn about those kinds of things from that character i believe I almost feel like it might be worth just kind of saying saying it outright. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been eight years. Like, yeah. I could. I mean, can I? I can go just, for it. Just say it. I think this game has one of the most like well done portrayals of it's. I mean, it's the most well done portrayal of a trans man I've seen. Yes, yes, in, yeah. A, yeah, in a game, it's really well done, and you just love and care about him, and he's really, he's really so cool. cool. Oh, God, he's yeah. So he is cool. He is so fucking cool. Like, he is in no <laughs> way a, like, a character you look at with pity, even though he's been through the worst shit. Like, yeah. he is still a character that's just like, holy fuck, man. That's a so admirable. Yeah. It's a really good VN, y'all. Really it is! Like it's, so good. it's so good. It's so good. Fata Morgana uh, is fucking Soxcast approved! Yeah. We did it, everybody. It's we did it, everyone. <laughs> it's all in, in my head. It's almost like the VN because yeah, it just kind of yeah, is the one, I, it's the one I would point people who aren't. I mean, I succeeded at that. I pointed at a friend who wasn't into VNs, and he played mm. Fata Morgana, and now he's played like fifteen other VNs, oh, including wow. all of Higu and Umineko. Holy and a bunch shit! Of other yeah, so Fata Morgana pulled him in. 
There I think that would be such a scary first recommendation from my perspective because it's so it's slow. It's so to start. slow and dry. Yeah, for a certain for a certain kind of friend, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's a lot of what's really special about VNs, but without a lot of the bullshit where it actually is like very empathetic yeah, and tactful. Yeah. It gets all the anime out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely I mean, not anime. Yeah. It's extremely it not anime, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Even even straight right to the art, even. I think they did like uh, a later version where there is alternate art that's more anime. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not scary. I think it's like a, the PS4 and Vita version, I think, has new. Oh, up- right. They did port it. They did new yeah. updated art. And I don't know if there's a choice to go back to the original art, but I remember seeing pictures of the maid and being like, that's a weird. Like, it just looks very weird because, like, the art style for this game, I think, is very striking. Uh, it's simple, yeah. but it's very striking, and its use of color is just very like. And I love the way that like characters have these very muted tones, um, mm-hmm. and, and just like seeing that kind of animate up is a, a little weird. But you know, I will look after we're done the podcast yeah. not to get distracted. Yeah, no need to get distracted. We've got so 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 much more to do. <laughs> so much more on our plate. Um, but that's my number eight. There's seven games I think are better. Oh my god! <laughs> that, see, that's the knife that I was like having to yeah, put in both right? of you. <laughs> like, like I think that like the House of Fata Morgana was like my number two one year. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yep. so like if my number two from one year is just like <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> too if I sad. Finished it yesterday. Yeah, also yeah. Too like, sad. You, it hasn't had chance to leave that full impact over a few months yeah. where it would like crawl yeah. up the list maybe and that's totally understandable like that's just how it's going to be sometimes these are just a snapshot of a moment you know yeah yep where we are we are always evolving yep beings always evolving conglomerations of takes <laughs> yes that's us <laughs> we are we are the infinite takes machines <laughs> the primordial stew that generates hot takes god <laughs> bubbling to the surface god god i hate the internet Four (laughs) thousand character tweets i'd better never see one bye john never see you on twitter again i'd better never see one anybody makes a four thousand character tweet your ass is muted like tweets do not it's called microblogging for a reason you assholes i'm not reading anything over 280 characters this is going to age real well, I'm sure. It is. It aged like fucking milk, but it's fine. Sometimes you just got to yell about things, right? <laughs> I have a podcast, and it is my goddamn right. If I want to holler about things, I'm going to hoot and holler, as they say in the South. You ever oh hooted and hollered about something before? I hoot and holler every day of my life. All right, good. I just oh, That's like ABHs of the, the ABH of life. Always be hooting and hollering. Oh, it's four o'clock already. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I've got a, a I've got a listener list here from from one of the OGs. You a name you may know. It's from our pal Vanner Orion. It's the part where you were supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, all right. There you go. All right, Woo. good. Bringing hey, it out. Vanner. We're rolling out the red carpet, Vanner. Don't worry. Um. All right, these I don't know if these are in order of preference yeah. or not, so I'm just going to read them as they are written. Number one, Sinking City. Not only one of the best Lovecraftian games I've ever played, but there were legitimately moments in this game where it reminded me of playing the original Silent Hill. If you're a cool. Cthulhu Mythos fan, 
you'll be squeeing at every bit of this game. Also, I got the Switch version because fuck their publishers. I guess I'm there's a the story there. I guess yeah. there's a deal there. Number two, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. If you were a big fan of the show slash movies, and I am, then this was a refreshing love letter from people that clearly loved the source material and actually gave a shit about making a good game in the na- in the same vein as the old 816-bit arcade games of yore. Yeah, like the the people that made that game love that series a lot. It is not a crash cool. gab in any way. It is so loved on. Like, not even shitting you on that one. Uh, and number three, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. I really dig the new Bionic Commando game, but I'm not sure why I'm fighting dinosaurs and dragons instead of Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the first time in the series where I went through the whole game with ranged weapons only. So maybe this is really Lost Planet 4, but they don't want to admit it. <laughs> uh, Mary... You know, <laughs> yeah. Between Bionic Commando and Lost Planet, I'm like, oh, do, did you just sell me on Monster Hunter? Monster Hunter, yeah, like, yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm interested. I've never really, I've never jived with the Monster Hunter formula no, before, but sorry, but hey, like that takes another another solid little list. Thank you for checking in once again with us, Vanner Orion. We appreciate it. All right, and moving on, John, we're right back to you. See, we're just cruising on through. I know, right? Um, my number seven is Azure Striker Gunvolt. Oh, right. I almost, I, forgot that you, almost <laughs> forgot that you played these. I know. I fell in love with this series this year. It's mm-hmm. just I Azure Striker Gunvolt 1 consumed me for like two or three weeks. I oh, just yeah. felt, yeah. I just got, I got deep on this one. Um, I S ranked all the levels and it's fucking hard. <laughs> it's, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's not even the skill ceiling. There's S plus ranks. They are very oh hard. God. I, I, I beat. So the, to get S ranks, what I did, I got pretty good chains and combos um, and beat each level in like using like two or three checkpoints. Um, so I beat like, I would go like three chunks that I would beat without each without taking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, if you beat the first chunk, then you can retry the second chunk as much as you want. Um, so that's like pretty reasonable. They're like six or seven minute levels. Um, I beat one seven minute level without taking any damage the entire level and getting pretty good chains, I thought. And I still only got an S rank. I didn't get the S plus oh, ranks. Skill ceiling is fucking nuts. Um, Okay, so this is an Intercreates game. It's a kind of a Mega Man successor. It's it's Mega Man, but you have like um, kind of an Alicia Dragoon Dexter thing where you can zap enemies. You tag enemies and then zap them. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it feels fucking cool as hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it the bosses are just great. Intercreates bosses are just great. Mega Man Zero bosses. Um, I don't know. I just had a ton of fun learning the chains, learning the stages, learning the bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it feels great. I think it's, um, I think it's, I, I, I got a, a vibe with it that felt really good. Um, and I, I think if, if it wasn't for, it is the, a problem that a lot of Mega Man games have now is like, it just has kind of a weak fortress. Um, yeah. if it weren't for that, this would probably be like sky high on the list, but even mm-hmm. as is, I think this is a, a great fun time and I can't wait to keep playing more Gunvolt games. 
Okay, but what about the part when you're chaining really well and the girl sings? It's pretty great. You get <laughs> idle music. Yes, idle music is is a vital component of the. So yeah. so it's like slightly edgy, dumb. It reminded me of Sword Art Online with the, the writing <laughs> oh, throughout. The <laughs> of course, of course. It's like chuny bullshit. Mega Man Zero is the writing. Yeah. Plus, everything is like built around idle music as catharsis. Yeah. Yes. It's very good. The second in the second game, it plays during the final boss fight, and it's great. And it asks you to sing along with. It's oh, so cute. God. It's crazy. It's <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gunvolt is so good. I I played Gunvolt too and had a really good time with the finale of this one. Mm-hmm. 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 Like it definitely escalated in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. And then and true there's, ending. There's three more games. There's, there's yeah. The, two, oh, there's way too many games for me to actually care about the sequels. Oh my god, I'm so jazzed. Wait, there's like three. Uh, there's like two more Gunvolt games, and there's like an Luminous whole Avenger other Luminous X or Avenger. Whatever. That's when yeah, I just it's don't five, this. It's five. <laughs> it's five games. That's it's it's just Mega five Man. games. He it's says. just five games. If you can play ten Trails games, <laughs> we're not talking about those yet. <laughs> And besides, and besides, I'm I'm I only played two this year. I'm like pecking at them slowly. It's like all right, I want more Gunvolt. Let's jump into Luminous Avenger. Well, on the Luminous Wiki, Avenger, there's also Mighty Gunvolt and oh, Mighty <laughs> Count. Mighty Gunvolt. I've actually played both of those. Mighty Gunvolt Burst seems actually good. Yeah, that one actually is fine. Mm-hmm. Like I have that, the other one, and it's thing. just boring Mega Man. Mighty Gunvolt Burst is is better Mega Mighty Gun Number Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the bosses in that straight up are they the straight up characters. are yeah they just redo all of eight of those fights like look we'll do this right for you hold on we got you homie oh, that's funny I, I will say Gunvolt two I generally liked one more because Gunvolt two gets like really hard and annoying with the boss patterns ah. um, but Gunvolt two also introduced yeah. the new the new dash character that just plays like a like Rocket Knight mm-hmm. so instead of shooting the guys to tag them you just tackle you'd air dash tackle into them yeah, and every nice. time you every time you hit an enemy your your air dash re, recharges so you can just like bounce around like a pinball on these stages and when you get it right it feels really good Aim in the air. and he's the main character of luminous avenger ix and he has his own idol singing girl oh rescue. good good yeah so fuck intercrates fucking rules I, 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 this game this one made me really happy People need to get on the anti creates wagon and get off the way forward wagon. That's that's just <laughs> my way forward. <laughs> that is just my opinion on that. Because see, I've heard the opposite opinion a lot. Where I've heard people just Seriously? fucking dump on anti creates for like no reason. Like, and the, or the reasons they have are really stupid and boring. Where it's like, man, no way forward fucking gets it. Ugh. If you're gonna not like Integrates, I can understand that, but you gotta also not like Way Forward. <laughs> That's the only way I will accept it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rhett, give us Matt's list. Okay, this list, like you said, comes in from Matt. Looks like it's that time of the year again. Number three, Total War Warhammer 3. This game's had a rough year, but the release of the Sandbox campaign map and some serious TLC from developers Creative Assembly have the game in a pretty good spot at the end of the year. With 60-odd starts and 23 races, I'll be playing this game for a long time to come. For a long time to come. Smashing silly fantasy armies together has never been so much fun. Number two, Satisfactory. This is a game I've been playing off and on for a while now. It's a first-person factory builder game that I haven't always loved, 
but with the last few updates of the game, Coffee Stain have really brought their whole package together. Updates to the building systems, exploration systems, and finally blueprints have the game in a very good state. Looking forward to see, looking forward to seeing what it does look like at full release. Uh, and number one, I'm surprised this hasn't come up yet. Elden Ring. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah, that's one of those big ones. Uh, and the blurb just says, "Good game is good." <laughs> Well, there you go. That's generally the impression I get from people when they talk about that game, yeah? Yeah. That's the first mention of the Game Awards Game of the Year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took. It only took an hour and a half. I mean, truly, Kirby was robbed. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> We've had three Kirbys, right? I'm keeping track of like yeah, the ones three from this year. three Kirbys, one Elden Ring. One Elden Ring, two Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, all right. Maybe some vampire survivors. I think that. Yeah, a couple up. vampire survivors yeah. too. So was it two or one vampire? Survivors? I think it's two. Okay. Yeah. All right, John's John's really taking this down. <laughs> We're gonna have the real showdown. We're gonna have the real game awards here. We'll get we'll get it by consensus. <laughs> you got to find a way to keep it fun and interesting while you're talking into a microphone for eight mm. hours. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep you paying attention too. Yeah. So that helps. So hey. Oh man! Hi, it's it's time for me. It's me to say in my, my it's time for, time for me to say words about my number seven video game that I played this year. My number seven video game. I, I don't think I have a lot to say about it. I think it just speaks for itself. Uh, my number seven is Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Ooh, oh, this one looks so, so good, fun. man! This game's so fun. Like I, I don't know that. Like I said, I don't know if there's much I could say about this other than it's one of the best two D platformers I've played in ages, and like that puts it in like the same company as fucking Celeste. So <laughs> there's Jeez. your high praise. <laughs> um, like the 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 platforming just it feels great. Like it's uh, like if I describe it, it has like this looseness to it. That it's sort of like Donkey Kong Country, but it doesn't have the same kind of weight to it. Um, and, but it still has a lot of that same kind of speed where you like you you're encouraged to like play levels really fast, you know, just like hop on your buddy and just run along on them and knock things over and stuff. It's just it's just really great. Just like this game just had like feels the way that I like platformers to feel, where it's like. Um, the Donkey Kong Country, the newer games don't like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I can't get into how they feel for some reason. So I was kind of hesitant going into this because I know that like, like these guys have kind of like, just like, like, look, they were the ones that made Donkey Kong Country and they made Banjo-Kazooie. So that's kind of like their thing. So yeah, it makes sense that they would make that. I just kind of expected it to feel like that. So when it like, if it like feel a lot more, you, know, you get a lot more air control and it, it feels a lot more floaty and you, you feel like you're. Yeah, at some points when you're doing stages right and you're playing them super fast, you just feel like you're getting a good run in a Tony Hawk game or something, right? Oh, cool. Where where it's just like the levels feel good to play really fast if you get good at it. And that's kind of like just it's it was kind of the like the the, the 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 methodology I put behind making my my Mario game was that like yeah the pipes are higher because I play Mario games without letting go of the run button and I didn't realize <laughs> that other people don't do that. Um, so it's just like for me, it's just like, yeah, okay, I might, it might take me longer to beat this game because I'm going to fail over and over trying to do it, but I just like playing it fast. Um, and, yeah. and the thing is, the thing about this game is, it's so weird, is that I don't even think that the impossible lair itself is like the highlight. Like, oh, hmm. I feel that what's really a highlight are the actual levels and the fact that there are two versions of every level. Yeah. 
the remixes are so good and clever. And they do it. Like, every level has an alternate uh, version. And it's not just like, oh, now you play it and the sky is purple. And we added a platform. Like, they add whole new gimmicks to the levels. But like, they're still remixed in, like, ways where it's just, like, some of the original structure is there. But... Like, then they add some whole new gimmick to it that just wasn't there before. And the way that they do this is really fucking good because the overworld is not just a boring, shitty-ass Super Mario Brothers overworld. <laughs> the overworld is actually a whole other fucking adventure puzzle game you have to play. So you've got to do something like, I don't know, like maybe there's like a bucket of water hanging over a level or something. Like, because like all the books are like, or all the levels are on the ground and they're like these open books, right? And the first, when you first get to it, it's just like, that's the level normal. But like, if you do, and this is just an example, I, I don't remember one right yeah. off the top of my head, but like, you do something in the overworld, like you go knock down a pole, and then the bucket turns over and dumps all of its water in the level. Now you, the level will have water in it in some way, and probably not even the way that you think that it will. Because it, like I said, it just com- continuously defies yeah. your expectations with level design and what, what they're going to do. Um oh, cool. I did like the impossible lair. I think the impossible lair is nuts. Um, it's so much. I went into it with every B. Like I collected every B in the game, um, Mm. which is, I think like 42. Yeah. It's at least 40. There's like, I think, cause I think there's like, there's like 21 levels or something. And then there's like five B's that you can get in the overworld or something like that. I think it ends up being like 48 or 50, maybe something like that. Um, I went into the impossible lair. I practiced it for like two or three hours. Just like, okay, like <laughs> this, I can cut some, I can lose less bees here because like what basically what it is the number of bees you collect are the, is the how many hits you get in the impossible lair. So like, if you only get like five bees, you get five hits in the impossible lair, which is like a 30 minute level. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is a great premise. It is. It's so good. And, and, like by the time i got to the end like i went into the final part of it with like i think six bees left (laughs) and then they have a really cool and awesome sequence at the end it's 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 a staple of good video game design i'm just gonna say yeah um and i came out of that thing with like I, I I was actually on my last B when I finished yes. that, and I think I had like almost no time left. It was just like, oh my god! Like I felt so like I jumped up out of my chair and dropped my controller <laughs> when I finished the impossible layer. It was that much of a high. Um, it's such a good finale. Like yeah. the whole game is good, but I still love that finale so much. Yeah, it's super duper solid. Like the the the, the impossible layer will beat your ass. It is hard Good. it is unfair <laughs> it I is realized it's like it's the breath of the wild of platformers where you can go to ganon's castle right, right. away you'll die you'll so die like, but you can go there so like the first thing this game does is give you this ridiculously hard 30 minute level yeah. and the whole rest of the game is building your health bar up yeah you um can... rat i think it's the hero core <laughs> 2d platformers i don't know what that is okay um 
Yeah, like, like, if you like fucking 2D platformers, there's, like, no reason, like, that you would not enjoy this game. Like, even though the Impossible Labyrinth, like, yeah, like, that's probably something that I think keeps a lot of people away, because, like, yeah, like, it's really fucking hard. Um, like, if you, like, the game teaches you every trick that they're going to throw at you in the Impossible Lair. The Impossible Lair throws those tricks at you in a much meaner way. Uh, but you are still prepared for everything that the impossible layer is going to do. It's just doing it with like, you know, like tighter timers or, or tighter enemy placement, just way meaner than they ever get in the normal levels In the normal levels. Like they, 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 they have a pretty good step up in difficulty as well. So it, it, it's just like a solid fucking 2d platformer that just like from top to bottom just impressed me so much. And again, that overworld like, I've never seen such a creative use of the overworld in a game like this before, where they didn't have to do this, but they just made another game on top of the game. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Can't recommend it. Can't on recommend sale. it enough. Well, 450 yeah. on December 11th. Can't speak for the 25th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I imagine I that that I imagine that game is going to be on sale uh, yeah. at the end of the year if you're happening to listen to this at the end of the year. So you probably want to go to Steam and check that. But you know, if you're listening to this in summer of 2023, sorry about your luck, but you might not be so lucky. Um, but uh, yeah, Ukulele and Impossible Lair, fantastic game. All right. But we're going to go ahead and move on. I got another audio list. Comes in from our good pal, Raven GM. Let's give this a listen in three, two, one, go. Sad winter's goodbye. Poems for the year arrive in 575 notes. First, honored mentions. Piercing of Darkmoon Tower and have a nice dream. A year of bad love I found and lost myself with visual novels. 3. Corpse Factory Your inner demons ask, please sacrifice yourself. Licorice Recoil (laughs) Second tale Careful hearts learn Passions lead to love. Fears fine line with lust. One, betwixt pterosaur wings. Kill me and my songs. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Raven. That was such a unique and fun way (laughs) to put a list together. Okay. Okay. That was. (laughs) All right. All right. Guess what? Yeah. You know what? Lakers Recoil has the same number of votes as Elden Ring. <laughs> okay, but it does have less than Chorus. That's a good point. It does have fewer than Chorus, that's true. So it's a heated... Heated! It's a heated race now! I think Chorus was an honorable mention on that one. Mm. Yeah, it was. Oh. Yeah. yeah not, not, that, not that it's a competition. <laughs> not that it's a competition and that I'm, I'm you know, keeping track or anything, but... <laughs> that was good. It is good. All right. And uh, Rhett, number seven, better than Fata Morgana. Oh, uh, don't say it. Don't I have say to. It. Hey, I'm if I don't say it. 
<laughs> objectively dumpsters House and Fata Morgana. Oh, Every God. character in House and Fata Morgana, you're like giving the finger, fuck you, not as good as this game. Fuck you, not as good as this game. Especially uh, Mitchell. Especially. I don't care off. about you. You didn't make me cry as much. You don't matter as much. I'm begging you, don't open that door. <laughs> This one, this is the one in particular that I was like, like flip flopping the list where I said it's like rock paper scissor where these three games, like specifically Somnium Files, Fata Morgana, and this one were uh-huh. like, were just spinning. Like, no, this one's better than this one, but this one's better than this one. I'm just like, oh my god, fuck this. Okay, my number seven is the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Oh, nice. I had a really good time with this one, especially the second game. Like, if it was just the first game, I think Fata Morgana would definitely win, because that's like playing, you know, that's like playing the first four arcs and then getting it to be continued. Mm -hmm. Uh, Greatest Attorney Chronicles is two games in one. It was released in Japan as two games, but then they took like seven years to localize it or something. Yeah. So they just did a two pack and it, which results in like an 80 hour visual novel. Jesus. It's a lot of game. It has kind of the same issues of being a little bit slow with the pacing, Mm -hmm. but the characters are so fun. You know, you're constantly doing very fun trials and the characters are lovable and goofy as these games tend to go. The Ace Attorney stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and everything really comes together in the end. Like the last couple, like three cases are just like revelation after revelation, like virtually everything that gets hinted or teased at in the first game comes back in some way in the second one. So it felt just very satisfying, like unraveling this massive conspiracy mystery with these characters with Herlock Sholmes, (laughs) (laughs) the goofiest fucking, cause he's such a goofball in this game. And then they give him that name because you can't, you can't have him. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes because stupid publisher restrictions, the estate, even though that's his name in the Japanese version. It is, it's yeah, weird. it's so dumb. Co- fuck copyright law, stupid bullshit. Yeah. Watch shows. Yeah, the, the, the climax of this one, it just goes so big. So, like, that's what also put it above Somnium Files, where, like, I didn't have any true issues with this one. It was just, like, it was a little slow. But, like, going through my screenshots yesterday, it was, like, all these cool characters, all this cool, like, mystery stuff, mm-hmm. like, came in a really cool way. Yep, Rhett, Rhett, that is four games thus far that are 30 to 80 hour adventures where you that build up to a really explosive catharsis. Yeah, wow, you are really nailing this. No, I said, Mm -hmm. I looked at this list and went, man, you have one note (laughs) over and over. (laughs) Exactly. And then the last three, like Japanese visual novel, Japanese adventure game, Japanese adventure game. (laughs) Yeah, okay, it all fits. It all fits. Just me sitting at piano and hitting the same note over <laughs> and over. Here's C sharp, C sharp, C sharp. This is oh, my song. And that's, and that's when it got so hard to rank them because it's like, well, it's the, these are the same game, basically. <laughs> yeah. Especially this Insomnium Files were just so similar. Yeah, it's literally kind of the same concept like, when you when you get reductive about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rhett, Rhett, get, Rhett got seduced by big... VN versus ADV nerd right. shit saying, uh, oh, Great Ace Attorney is an adventure game. It's not a visual novel. You got you got pulled in by them. Okay, so that's the thing is that like when searching for my platonic ideal mm-hmm. video game, I was like, 
you don't really do much in Fata Morgana besides read. <laughs> you read, you read. Yeah. I think Somnium Files and Ace Attorney having those gameplay elements and being able to think of cool moments relating to those mm-hmm. does give it a bit of an edge for me. Sure, yeah. Because so I've yeah, typically yeah. not actually been a visual novel guy. I read Umineko a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, in yeah, general... Yeah. Like Danganronpa kind of being the gold standard where I like the games where you hold a controller and get to do a little bit of gameplay once in a while. A little bit of something, yeah. God, Danganronpa really is like the red aesthetic, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of actually, that's kind of what builds up to the big catharsis at the end. Oh my God, the climax of two. Yeah, it's real good. There's a reason that game was so high on Game of the Decade. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not even that one. All three of them. Yeah, all three of them. Just made ridiculous strides there, yeah. I think all three were top ten of the decade. Yeah, I think they were, which is nuts. Okay, that's my number seven. But again, the last three for me were all like, oh, this is a 9.89. This is a 9.87. Like, they're all like (laughs) hair with between them. Fucking eat shit polygon. We even do numbers better than you. God damn. They all basically were tied. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Polly. Yo, got a listener list. I'm all up in them ears with some flavor for your ear from our good pal Beepner. He cut, he starts strong. We've seen a lot of good, pre, a lot of rep here for its survival games. Uh, such as Vampire Survivors, Hollow Cure, 20 Minutes Till Dawn. This may be cheating, but these games do very similar things. Throw countless enemies at you on a 2D plane till you die. Upgrade, try again, brain turn off, number go up. Yeah, cannot I'll, ask I'll, for I'll better. Count that as it. So we're up to three for Vampire Survivor, right? Yeah, Vampire Survivor's yeah. making a good making a good stride. <laughs> Number two, Soul Hackers Two. I feel like this is the only game I've been playing for the past three months. I still haven't finished it, but it makes the list simply because I can't remember a time when I knew what other video games were. The spiritual successor to Devil Summoner subseries has some great style and interesting takes on the Megaton formula, even though large parts of it don't feel fully baked. And number one, coming in strong, The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, the third. To quote, yeah. to quote Peter, <laughs> to quote Peter Jackson's brain dead slash dead alive, I kick ass for the Lord! <laughs> but seriously, yes. But seriously, <laughs> this is a fine end cap for the Trails in the Sky series. I feel like people who enjoyed FC and SC should go should go into it as blind as possible. Although that seems to be an unlikely ask. The "Where's Estelle?" question and the back of the box description of the scenario probably turn people off, and that's a shame because it neatly ties up many of the dangling plots of the preceding duology in a way that rarely makes any character's subplot feel like filler absolutely that is a fucking banger list landing on the number one landing on the number one with the best falcom game yeah (laughs) might as well just boom knocking it out of the park in, in a way that like only a falcom game can i guess all right john your last game of the day number six so I know I said last year I wanted to play fewer <laughs> RPGs in 2022. Yeah, I, 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 love, I love bits like this. <laughs> RPGs still get a little bit of rep on this list, though. Uh-huh. Um, number six is Xenosaga Episode 1. Yeah! Uh, Derveals are mocked. 
I, I played this game. Oh man. I was probably like 13 or 14. Um, it was the same cool friend that introduced me to like Chrono Trigger and oh, FF4. Nice. And every time, like once a year, like our parents would visiting and be, she'd just be like, here's the cool game I'm playing right now. And this year it was Xenosaga one. I was like, Oh, this is dope. And I tried playing it as a kid. And I was like, it was just kind of over my head. I'm this, like, is, oh. this is a lot of talking <laughs> and a lot of systems. It's a lot of systems. And hey, that's one thing with Xenosaga F1. It's kind of fucking hard, actually. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Like having played like a, a Trails hard mode now, like this is just regular Xenosaga is a Trails hard mode, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I got like in the back half, I think I got walled by every boss, oh, every God. boss I had to like <laughs> step back, assess. Yeah. How do I want to approach this? Um. So this is the first game in the series, and it's very much the first part of a trilogy. Um, it, it ends in a really satisfying way, as long as you're kind of prepped for that kind of, yeah. you know, Trails FC first book in the fantasy novel trilogy pacing. Um, the big thing that I, one one of the big things I came away from this game with was just that I absolutely adored every member of the cast, every every playable character. I fucking loved. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they introduce each of them in turn in their own little scenarios, like all the, the, you get the incredible first like three or four hours. Um, and then it goes to the, the stuff with Ziggy and Momo mm-hmm. where you just love them both and care about them. So much yeah. and want them to succeed and be happy. Um, but yeah, I will say it's very funny that Xeno gears, Xeno saga one and Xeno blade all start the same way. Yeah. Where it's like, here, walk around this nice little town. Walk around this, talk all these people. Oh, everything's going to hell. It's going <laughs> to blow up. Man, that will, gl- I, that will Glenday escape sequence is so, so, oh, so, so good. I think it's my, I think it's my favorite one. I think it's my, oh, Z Blades is no slouch. This is my favorite kind of opening. Like it all um, goes to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just like. The writing feels strong. Oh yeah the 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 villains, the payoffs, the it's it's subtle and it's slower. Um, but like I've played a lot of RPGs now, and I feel like I have got a sense of like, is this going to hold together? Is this is this doing what it's doing on purpose, or is it just kind of fucking around? Mm-hmm. Um, and just at every step of the way, Xenosaga just oozes confidence, confidence and, and purpose, confidence and purpose. Uh, I don't feel like there. I don't. It never felt like it was like the story. Never felt like I was wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's no music. There's no music. In <laughs> yeah, the, in fighting, and the fighting is extremely slow. Oh. And there's one battle theme. <laughs> God, the, the fighting is extreme. <laughs> if you could talk about a game that could benefit <laughs> from a turbo mode with a re-release. Well, let me tell you, I I got my own turbo mode because I was <laughs> playing it on PC SX2. Nice. So I think I got I think I got two thirds through and I was on like the second in the back half. The dungeons get to be like just like three hours long. Yeah, they're pretty so big. I just was, and you have one battle theme and you have no dungeon music. So I was just turn on mute. Play my own dungeon theme. Yeah. Play my own boss theme. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got to uh, just make my own soundtrack for it. And it was pretty Man, fun. Play your own boss theme is a little rough. It, the game uh, has no boss theme. Mm-hmm. Just one battle theme for the whole game. Mm-hmm. That's enough. That's str- all you need. 
I think someone that- stronger than me would would could play through the whole thing. But I by the back by the last third, I was like, I'm pretty exhausted with this aesthetic. And then that was, and then I just segued into that. And then it guided me through the rest of the game. And then I loved all the rest of the story. So mm, cool. Um, I I'm very jazzed to play the other two, knowing like that three is apparently like a huge highlight. I, I could easily see three being just my favorite Xeno game. Three like, is the, my favorite PS2 RPG. God, oh, fucking awesome. I'm I'm so fucking I mean I was expecting this to be a homework game that I play to get to three. And right. it wound up being, yeah. It wound up being really, really good on its own terms. I don't so, think I, I don't think I don't think game, any of the games are homework, but I do think two is real sloggy in a couple of ways that are just like oof, it's real hard mm-hmm. to get through in certain places. Yeah. Well, I've got an emulator now, so if I need well, to there you go. turn on turbo mode, I can do that. I, I will say, um, like the combat is slow. It's good. The systems are yeah. The like, combat system is really, really good. It's really coherent and strong, and the bosses are all fucking tough. The bosses are all um, mean, and the boost mechanic makes the bosses meaner. Mm-hmm. You get bosses that lots of bosses that heal themselves. It's it's all that shit where that just scares the hell out of me in RPGs, and they just do all of it. I can let you boost, and then a boss will just fucking counter boost you. It's like mother mm-hmm. fucker. Oh, it's so good. They'll just they will steal the turn that you just stole. It's so good. <laughs> it's so smart cuz it's like coming off of Xeno Gears, which is good but also really slow. Yeah. Um and and also the the human fighting just like stops for this too. Yeah. So it's it's a little it's a little stilted in how the combat kind of progresses. And like the human fighting in Xeno Gears is kind of way better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that's that. I guess that's the one like kind of issues that I just ignore the mechs and it was fine in Xenosaga. Yeah, they're mostly inconsequential. Mm-hmm. They get but way like, better in two and three though. Cool, because uh, because you know Blade is the MMO stuff and it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> so Xenosaga having boss fights that are like these meaty turn-based fights that get hard. Yeah. This is sort of, in, in some way, like it's very slow, which is unfortunate, but in some ways it is like the most dramatically potent fighting for yeah. me of all the Xeno games I've played. Um, hashtag every Xeno game is good. Go. Going to keep playing them, having a good time. Life is good. That's my number six. That is a damn good number six. That's mm-hmm. a poly approved yep. number six. Right. Yep. You got a, you got a listener list oh. for us? <laughs> I forgot I had the next list. Sorry. Okay, this one comes in from Don1989. Our favorite listener! Woo! <laughs> Back again! Hello, dear members of the Sox cast, <gasps> comma, line break, and John. Yeah! There it is! I'm ah! sorry, I had to make you I need, I need that <laughs> once a year to feel alive. Uh, <laughs> say the line. <laughs> <laughs> It is hard to believe that yet another year is already over, but no matter how dark real life got, there was often a bright light in fiction, reminding us of things that things can get better and that there are people out there worth fighting for. So without further ado, number three, Bayonetta 3 for the Switch. Nice. Words can't describe the insanity I encountered in this game from the most epic demonic opera song to the most insane and terrifying final bosses in the entire series. This game goes a few places I was not expecting. The next game in the series will look very differently after these events. And my aside, they also did that 
they've revealed a prequel game. They that also just revealed different. a prequel that is way it looks different. Really yeah. different. It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks neat. Apparently, like at the end of this, there's like basically a demo for that. Oh, neat. So people who beat this already kind of knew. Like, oh. hey, th- this little thing you included at the end seemed a little too fleshed out to be mm. its own thing. Oh, yes, it's going to be its own game. That makes sense. I'm very delighted that it's just like, what if we did like indie game aesthetic Bayonetta? <laughs> Seriously, for Bayonetta of all series. Right. Of all series. I'm like, oh, fuck. Awesome. Just pretty big swerve there. Uh, yeah. Okay, back to the list. Number two. Oh, God, I don't know how to say this. Live Alive? Live Alive? Live Alive. Live Alive. Live Alive. Live Alive. Live alive. Live Alive, the remake on Switch. I would never expected this Lost Gem to get a remake or even a re-release outside of Japan, but it can sometimes be great to be wrong. This Lost SNES RPG is a collection of genres in their own chapters, from prehistoric mischief with cavemen and women to a survival horror experience on a spaceship. Special mention goes to the chapter in Modern Times that turns the entire game into a turn-based Street Fighter 2-inspired fighting game <laughs> and how this game manages to tie all those stories and chapters together. Number one, Psychonauts 2. Oh! For, for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Uh, I did play the original game and the VR game, and this is everything I wanted their sequel to be. The amount of unique art and dialogue in this insane effort... And the insane effort that went into this game and crafting these amazing levels is staggering. It plays so much better than the original game. Even battles with normal enemies manage to stay interesting until the very end of the And the story has so much heart and so much humor that you want to hug all these likable characters as they struggle with deeply personal trauma. Keep going and keep John from ruining another Game of the Year podcast. You can do it. We can't. Hey, John is... Hey, Don, you're going to be... I know. You've heard it already, but John is... John had a bit earlier that didn't kill the show. I think next year you might need to might need to reassess this a little bit. <laughs> I wish you and everybody listening the best time, a wonderful Christmas, and a happy new year. Awesome. What was Don's number one one more time? For the notes? Psycho- Psychonauts 2. Yeah, oh, nice. that's damn good pick. Yeah. I forgot, one, that I played the VR game, and two, that I bought Psychonauts 2, so I'm going to play that pretty soon. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like okay. everybody I know that played Psychonauts 2 has, been, has come not, away yeah. from it. Yeah. Pretty super positive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just just a real good time. So, yeah, yeah. All right. It looks like it's up to me to close out my day number one. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> my my number six is a game that should never even been invited to this party. If you would have Uh-oh. asked me a year ago, it, it, hey, can this game come to your party? I'd have looked you in the face, held two middle fingers up to the, it, two, <laughs> held me two middle fingers what up to heck? it, and told you to shut it up, your fucking asshole. Heck. <laughs> my number six is Faerun Two. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Faerun was a journey for me, folks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because I actually despised Faerun 1 for a long time. Because I did a stream of it a long time ago where I went in with a preconceived notion that it was just East Light. And that is not. No. <laughs> that is not what Faerun is. It is Hydlide, but better. And I was. And instead of accepting that game. Sentence. Instead of accepting that game on its terms. I just continued to play it and be mad that it wasn't the thing that I wanted it to be. And that's not how you should approach video games. So earlier this year, on a bit of a whim, 
I tossed the first game on again, and I had a good time. Okay, this is fine. So, why not just go ahead and, and jump into Faerun 2? Because Faerun 1 was only like an hour or so. You know, it's just a fun little adventure. You get your, you get your fix and you move on. And Faerun 2 is like everything that first game did, but it's expanded and blown out to the most extreme and manageable. Um... It's, like John mentioned it earlier when, when I talked about it earlier in the year, and that it's the best Zelda game that I've played in years. Um, <laughs> there are no wasted items. There's no shitty heart pieces where you do something big and elaborate, and all you get for it is a shitty heart piece or a rupee. Uh, no exploration, like, like there is no exploration in this game that doesn't feel like you're rewarded. Um, and a lot of just, like, the puzzles are, again, like they, they kind of they push you as far as they can go with what this game does with its language and its systems, but it never becomes overwhelming. Um, and uh, there is a moment in this game um, that is it's near the end of the game and is one of my moments of the year. It just kind of like <laughs> it blew me out of my fucking chair when I saw what they were doing. But there's, there, there, there's a door you reach, and you need a passcode to enter. It's five, it's five or six numbers or whatever. And the way you unravel that passcode is just... <laughs> what the hell did you just do, video game? And it's like one of those things where it doesn't just happen, boom, and then it's the reveal. It's like you slowly see it happening, and you're just like... you. You are too smart. Stop making video games that are so smart. You're making me feel dumb. Oh my god! This feels like a Fez moment or something. It is. It's kind of a. It's like oh, a. Yeah, it's it's a, comparable. It's a miniature Fez moment because I feel the moment in Fez when you crack the code uh, and understand. Yeah. That's a big thing because that's a big part of what that game is. This is a moment that is comparable though because it's just such. A, I've never seen. Um. A game use one of its systems to to pass along information like this in a way that's just like that's too fucking clever and again you see it happening in real time and you're just like oh fuck off you, stop it you're just showing off it's so good I, I came away from this and like the story and, and, and stuff in this game in, in Faerun 2 is it's so cool uh, it's got a fun, it's got, it's got a great climax with a great catharsis and everything. Like, it's just everything that, like, you could have done in a Faerun 2. It's like what he did with that game. And it just kind of blew me away at how it's just big enough where if it were even just a little bit bigger, it would feel like maybe it's a little too much of mm -hmm. this. But it stops where it needs to. It's perfectly clever and cuts off where it needs to. Just absolutely an amazing little piece of work. Faerun 2. Who'd a fucking thunk? Awesome. I had such a fun time on the on the stream last last week because I found out that all the later re-releases of Faerun 1 add a really cool final dungeon. Yeah, like, and you gotta use the fucking piece of shit statue all over again. They make you do it with really fun little button puzzles, and it's really cool. I liked it a lot. A world of Faerun-related delights this yeah. past couple weeks. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faerun 2 is really Thanks. solid. Just I'm so glad you had a good time, Polly. I think it's so dope. I think your your arc was really was really dope here. Yeah, this is one where it's just like I can admit I was wrong at first. You know, I came away and I was the asshole, and then I came out the other side just like, man, I fucking love this dev. They're so good. Aww. Yeah, Skipmore is 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 cool as hell in my book. Mm-hmm. All right, John, do you have another listener list? I sure do. Next listener list is for Mary Ken. Mm. Thank you so much for writing in, Mary Ken. <laughs> Just Uh-oh. opened it. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, Asoxcast, the podcast. This is Mary Ken squeaking. Here are my three games of the year. Um, number one, Grease Monkey by Photocopiadora. Mm. Um, it's spelled Grease and then MNK, all one word. Yeah. Cyberpunk Hell Future Queering Tokusatsu Fighting Your Ex Dom to the Death. <laughs> People complain that this game was kind of hard, and Photo has taken that into consideration and is working on an update. But I feel like the battles are kind of like Dark Souls and that you just get that pump of adrenaline once you finish the encounter. If anything, watch the finale of this game because I love it so much. I don't want to spoil it, but it's amazing. Ears of the Killer by Garment District. Many people talk about, this is number two, many people talk about the metaverse virtual reality or whatever, but if you just want to wander through a haunted house with some funny dialogue, I recommend the entire of the Killer series. This one is like a double adventure following BB and ZZ. For two years, the Catamites has been making these wacky, scary adventures. I'm always excited by the next one. Shout out to Gene Moss 2. I want to bite your hand. Bwahaha. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, An Outcry by Quinque Kitet et al. A political game for precarious times. You play as a non-binary, unnamed as strange events transpire in Vienna on the night preceding an election, proceeding an election. The music and art are very aesthetically pleasing in the good horror movie way. Reactionary politicians become suave man shrikes among other unsavory folks. It's really impressive that this was all done in RPG Maker 2003. I highly recommend it if you can stomach the intense content. Fuck yeah. What a fucking list. That's a list, man. Go check out. Photo does amazing work. Garment District is the kind of the alt name for Catamites. Just making mm-hmm. wild, cool shit. And then Quinque Ketet is, um, I think Quinque is the translator for Off, like oh, the 2008 right. RPG Maker game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they went and made their own RPG Maker game. It's on Steam and people seem to really, really like Very it. Very cool. Cool. Next up is Rhett. Rhett! Your it's last me. game of the day. Ugh. What can it possibly be? Following hey. the mouse list with the very squeaky, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you say we have another, you know, 50-hour game with uh-huh. a big climax? <laughs> uh-huh. I was really into those this year, apparently. Mm-hmm. But also, continuing with another trend, uh, hashtag every Xeno game is good. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, my number six is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Nice! cool this one was weird because again i've mentioned many times how the difficulty just completely broke for (laughs) me (laughs) thanks like that was the big flaw that i think kept this out of the top five was hmm, the combat was kind of non-existent fun for me but so like this game obviously to be here it had to have extremely extremely high highs as well as some lower points Mm -hmm. just the story, like, okay, and also the story not being what I wanted from a Xenoblade 1 and 2 sequel yeah, also hurt it a bit. But, like, mm-hmm. when you take it on its own terms what it is, it's a really, really good story. And, like, 
the cinematics, I know it may be a little weird saying like, oh, the best part of this game was the cinematics, but Jesus Christ, the fucking Monolith Soft has the best cutscenes in the business. Yeah, nobody's oh operating on the level they are. There's, since, there's since no the one. Larry, I remember I, I when just, I played. I just, yeah. I just think about the cutscenes in the opening of Xenoblade One. God, um, like the opening, opening, and then also when the when the town goes to hell, like the oh way my they God, animate the robots, it's so yeah. good, fucking next Cause, level. Because I've never seen what they were doing beforehand. Like I didn't play any of Xenosaga or any mm-hmm. of the whatever other games I know that they've made. Mm-hmm. So Xenoblade was just like. This cutscene direction is insane. Like, what's going on here? And they've continued to do that for yeah. you know the next three Xenoblade games. Awesome. Just, there's a part in this game that I've seen referred to as the movie because <laughs> it's basically like an hour of cutscenes as well as like 20 minutes of holding up. Give me that. Give me that. And it's just, oh, yeah. it's so much. Mm-hmm. It's just this incredible like miniature like saga inside of this game and then you go back <laughs> to playing the game for you know another couple chapters mm-hmm. like this game is weird and then it feels actually too smart for me or for video game media in general mm-hmm. like i've seen essays talking about like symbolism of the sun and the moon in the cutscenes, and just like much more high level concept stuff that don't <laughs> really get from this medium in general yeah, yeah. we're like f- sounds like a fucking xeno game hell yeah, yeah baby and just like extremely extremely subtle character of movements like conveying their thoughts like i but also for the game itself like it's also a very good fun open world game i really enjoyed exploring the world even though you know the combat was kind of whatever the mm-hmm. class system is fun like you get to play as a lot of different things this time instead of like having set characters like you get to play as the gunslinger the sword person mm-hmm. like big heavy sword there's a double saber like it has good game stuff there's a billion side quests and i kept saying i'm gonna go back and do some of these and then obviously this last week i was busy finishing berseria and fata morgana it's like well okay i'm not gonna have time for the xenoblade <laughs> 3 revisit but the fact that i'm still like wanting to revisit to finally finish off some of those side quests i think says a lot about That's really it cool and then there's like the ending that goes the hardest, I think, of anything <laughs> on my list. <laughs> like, I joked how, like, oh, this game won me over in the last hour, mm-hmm. but Jesus Christ, does it go so hard at the end? <laughs> like, and it's super weird seeing people, like, actually bitch about the ending ending. It's mm-hmm. like, no, that's kind of the best part, though, guys. What is wrong with you? Can't you have anime people? Can we not have anything movies? good? <laughs> Can you just not handle. Any remote ending, any ending that is like remotely bittersweet, like that's, does everything always depending on the gist of it? Yeah, that's like, the gist of it. I know that a lot of people just cannot deal with endings that aren't one hundred percent happy dappy. It's mm-hmm. it's wild. So yeah, the whole the last boss sequence that is like basically the movie too, but it's gameplay. <laughs> and thank <laughs> God I didn't die at the end because it really was like over an hour, <laughs> like. The first phase of the boss, final boss, is just like you don't do any damage and you just like trigger a cutscene every five minutes. It's so much cool. And then the end. uh, This one's hard to talk about because, again, I did have issues with it, but like the high highs won me over, I think, a lot on it. Cool. But not to the point that I felt it was top five. (laughs) Right. Just barely. So it's like, okay, you get to be in the middle of the list. Mm hmm. 
Which, when you consider what this list is, yeah, it's still yeah, a pretty impressive good. showing. This is so it's funny. Like, this is such a beautiful list, Rhett. It was this one again. This is when I was like, this game is like narrowing and pointing closer and closer to the ideal Rhett aesthetic of yeah. the we're, game. We're spiraling inwards. Like, <laughs> holy Christ, the way this game climaxes is just like, oh, put it in my veins. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, I think that's enough about that one. All Beautiful. Right. Thank you, Rhett. Also, Senna's really cute. Senna's the, the best! Senna and Mio and, 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 and Uni are just... And Uni! God, like, they're all so good. good. They're so they're cute. Perfect. <laughs> they're perfect. They're little... I can't they're, believe, like, of all my friends, I'm the only one to play this so far. That's... Aww. Like, if like he has not played it after Five's not played it yet, like, and these are all the people that were, like, all up Xenoblade 2's ass. I was like... Yeah, that was the other thing, is, like, that kind of was unfortunate for me, is the... Xenoblade 2 was better the entire fucking time. Aww. I really like Xenoblade well, 2. Well, I won't be saying that. <laughs> a, a, friend, a friend just finished 1 and started playing 2. and then Actually, no, they were at the end of 1, and they were stuck on the final boss, so they were like, I'll just start 2. Oh, and geez. that would inspire me to go back and finish 1. <laughs> but they, they, they're like always into 2 now, and they're like, John's kicks <gasps> ass. John's oh, interesting. Goals. Yeah. That's it's such a swerve though, because two is anime. Oh yeah, oh, anime AF. Yep, yeah, they're still they um <laughs> they compare they compare stuff with fate, and I'm like, oh, thank oh, you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? What did what did they say precisely? I'm sure it was. I think it was just like, oh, this person's Shiro. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yes. Okay. Well then, uh, are, are we good on that front then? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've got a listener list. Speaking, of, you know, it's a good thing. It's can't, it comes right after a gigantic RPG, <laughs> because who else would would follow that up other than Jetstorm Four? Thomas yes. Jetstorm yes. Four. Uh, yes. And he says, "Hi, Soxcast. Been quite a year, hasn't it? Anyway, I know the drill by now. Hope y'all like JRPGs. Yes. Number three, Star Ocean: yeah. The Divine Force." Most likely my biggest surprise of the year, Star Ocean 6 exceeded my expectations with how good its battle system and story feel, quickly becoming one of my favorite games in the series. It also completely demolishes Tales of Arise in every possible way. Still stand by that one, though, from last year. Holly <laughs> won't. I want you to... <laughs> hey, spoilers, Tales of Arise, not on my list. I mean, you didn't even finish it, so yeah. Not... not uh, number two! Does have a lot of... Xenoblade oh, Three. You. Yep. Number three. Number two is Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Xenoblade oh. Two is still my favorite Xenoblade game, but this one hits good too. Months after, uh, <clears throat> months after, I find myself still thinking about the implications of the main characters' existences and where they wind up at the end of this story, and the music still enters my head, especially the final boss theme. <laughs> a game with the truest message that love between a man and a cat girl transcends all, and really, <laughs> how can you argue against that? Also, yeah, the fucking music. I cannot believe they did not get the fucking game of the... That year. seems like such a big fucking. That's such, that's such the shoe in. Just fucking give it to them. The yeah. Xenoblade. It's fucking Xenoblade. Yeah, just fuck off. Yeah, Jeff Keighley. God of War music. What? Eat a, <laughs> eat a dick, Keighley. Okay. And his game of the year is the Caligula Effect Two. 
They did it! Yeah. Furyu, a publisher I have been watching for a long time, finally put out a triumph! This is one of the best JRPGs I've ever experienced. Its cast is incredible, its battle system is extremely fun and satisfying, its story goes to the to incredible places. It is an all-around exceptional video game. I don't want to say much, unfortunately, but Caligula 2 is one of my highest recommendations and is the best game I played all year. Thank you all for the fun this year. I hope next year is good for you all too. Thomas the Jetstorm 4L. Thank you, Tom. Caligula Effect is like just one of those series where the people that are into it fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, I didn't hear this so much with one, but but, but when Caligula Effect 2 came out, like, the the praise for that game was just immediate and constant. So that is... I've got got the remake of one on my Steam, and it's only like 20 to 30 hours. And I was just like, I can just do the the whole damn thing. Enough cool people are jumping in with this one. Yeah. All right, and we are going to close out the day of listener lists and and and, and games entirely uh, with our one and only our good pal, Mr. Psychic Heist. He's sent us an audio list that I am sure is going to delight. Uh, also, a fellow member of our We Like Bad Music Only crew. So <laughs> let's give uh, let, let, let's give his thoughts some consideration in three, two, one play Soxcast. what's up how's it going how are those lists coming i'm doing have good been exciting and unpredictable or have they all been falcom games <laughs> my bet is on the latter i almost didn't know if i was gonna do a list this year but then i was like nah i got to it's the fucking Soxcast and the Sox yeah. community celebrating the things that brought them joy in an otherwise difficult year. So here I am adding to that game of the year celebration. Three games that brought me the most joy this year. Number three, Elden Ring. <clears throat> Look, y'all. That's another vote. I really didn't want to put this game here. Lord knows, the last thing Elden Ring needs is yet another acknowledgement in how great it is. But some things are just undeniable. This is one of those video games that really broke out of its genre into the mainstream in such a big way that was similar to what Final Fantasy VII did for JRPGs in the 90s. There's nothing much else I have to say about it that you probably haven't heard by now. It's Elden Ring, and it's fucking great. Number two, Titanfall 2. I am so glad I finally played Titanfall 2 this year. It is smartly made in the way that its creators said, no bullshit, and it just gives this game a razor-sharp focus. I really enjoy the little twists of game design. It will throw at you as you progress in its perfectly paced campaign. I found myself genuinely moved by its story which at its core is a sweet tale about friendship. And even if it isn't the most original science fiction, it's just still really competently done. If there's a bummer about this game is that you'll finish its super tight five hour campaign and you'll want another helping, only to find out that probably won't ever happen. Mm. Still, highly recommend this one. It probably costs like five bucks or something when on sale. It's well, well worth it. And my number one game of the year goes to Neon White. I doubt 
that there is anything else in the first person action platformer genre that is quite like Neon White. This game has such a cool artistic identity and its setting and characters, but its all-consuming gameplay is where it's at. Describing a first-person action platformer that is touch of a card game with resource management and the goal is to speedrun stages as quick as possible can sound like too many weird ingredients in the blender, but it works. It works in an all-consuming way. I can't think of the last game that has motivated me this much to improve my performance and actively think of ways I can break the game itself. You'll want to get all the platinum times in this game, and then you'll want to beat all the developer times, all because it's just really fucking fun. There are moments in this game that get wild, y'all. I love it. Absolutely my favorite of the year. So there you have it. Three video games I played this year I thought were pretty cool. Y'all enjoy the rest of these lists. Have a good holiday. And as always, I send all my love. Psychic Heist. Killer. Hell yeah. That's solid. Neon White is another on my mm. list of things to check out. I saw a lot of friends playing that when it came out. I've so. definitely seen that one mentioned a lot. Oh, yeah. Just in general communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good that's stuff. Just, it's a team that... Oh, I forget what it is they did that I know that I, I was familiar with. But I know that they did some cool shit in the past. This feels like um, uh, like maybe like, like like I remember Rhett got in super into cloud built. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. this kind of reminds me of cloud built. Yeah. <laughs> but that's. Oh, hmm? I don't know. Yeah, who made this. One. I don't know. I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not sure. And and we, we, we don't have a lot of time for trying to yeah, research like, things right now uh but yeah that's a damn solid list and that is our final list of the it's day it's, it's fucking it's it's the, oh, the right. whole game guy yeah 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 it's, it's the guy that made room of a thousand snakes yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah that guy yes <laughs> and co yep all right but that, oh, and, and donut county and donut, donut county, county. Yeah. Whole, I said, yeah whole game all right <laughs> And that, that wraps up day one. But before we get out of here, we, 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 we got to give you a quick rundown of things. So, John, real quick, what is your 10 to 6? Um, my number 10 is Franken. My number 9 is Fantasy. My number 8 is Chorus, Piercing of Dark Moon Tower. My number 7 is Azure Striker Gunvolt. And my number 6 is Xenosaga Episode 1. And I forgot to mention this, and it's driving me nuts I played Magical Poppin this year, and it's also really good. And Chorus pulled definitely pulled a lot from Magical. Oh Poppin, yeah, so if yeah. You like, if you like Chorus, play that one too. Yeah, it's, it's really Magical good. Poppin. Absolutely. Uh, my number ten is Franken. My number nine is Behind the Frame, the Finest Scenery. My number eight is Corpse Factory. My number seven is Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, and my number six is Faerun Two Ret Ten to Six. Number 10, Tales of Berseria. Number 9, Eye of the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. Number 8, The House in Fata Morgana. Number 7, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Number 6, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And can you... These are so fucking good. And can you believe that with all of the great things that we've seen today, that tomorrow there's a whole nother truckload 
Can you believe, can your mind possibly take it all is really what you've got to be asking. But just tune back in tomorrow and we'll have a whole hell of a lot more for you. So thanks again, everybody, for sending in your lists. We're enjoying them quite a bit uh, and we will see you tomorrow. But until then, I want you to remember that we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.